may be the most wonderful time of the year if you're a sports fan. Hockey, basketball, baseball playoffs, football, racing, and just about everything under the sun. Hello and welcome to the House That Happens, recorded every week live at Chewy's Bar and Grill, the best dive bar in the world. That's right, I said the world. I'm Andrew Milani alongside with... Hi, my name is Cruz and I love that best dive bar in the world scenario. It's true. I wouldn't say if it wasn't. And not only that, we should shout out to Siva, who has just brought us a pint to start our day, because it is a Saturday. Thank it's you, gonna Siva. Be, it's going to be a great, good cook, too. It's going to be a long day of really good sports. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, but before we get started, something interesting I saw this week. Ooh, what would that be? Um, I'm not a big fan of this sport, so it's going to catch you off guard, because it's going to be something Uh-oh. about the MME, MMA. Oh, there's, uh, there's UFC tonight. Is that what it's about? Ah, uh, who cares? I'm not going to watch it anyway. That's not the point. I'm watching a show, and Dana White comes on. I don't even know what show comes on. But did you know that Dana White has decided that the United States Doping Committee will no longer check his athletes as of 2023? He's getting a whole new crew to come in and do it. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Very I wonder, interesting. I wonder why. Well, uh, we'd be in order for you to... Go if you go out of the. I did not know this, but if you go out of the W or M, whatever it's called, and you UFC, and you're going to fight, you have to go into what do they call it, the drug pool? Yes. Six months in advance, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, by the way, who just entered the drug pool? Do you know who it is? I, I do not. Conor McGregor. Oh, of course. So I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying here. I thought to myself, hmm. Dana White gets on national TV to do, what would you call it, um, uh, damage control, or is it a hype? But he doesn't mention Conor McGregor the whole time. Uh, do you, what do you think of this idea? Now, wait a second. I, I don't want to spend too much time, but it's just saying, of course, we don't have nothing performance-hancing drugs in boxing <laughs> or fighting, do we? Of course not. Of course. They're all angels, aren't they? Oh, yeah. So if you're not... Why would you have to change a commission unless they're not doing the doping tests that you like? You know, so he's going to get some independent commission in because we want a higher standard than everybody else. Not once was it mentioned that Conor McGregor, a big freaking, what do you call that, uh, meal ticket. Sure. Suddenly is entering the drug pool as they're getting away from the United States doping commission who does the olympics and everything by the way mm-hmm. this is no uh, mom and pop show this is like internationally you know group of people doing it and i just thought it was quite interesting that dana white came on with that dog and pony show you know what i mean yeah well ufc has had a kind of a interesting history uh, tumultuous if you will with uh, doping and their athletes i know that's why george st pierre stepped away back in the day because he wasn't happy with the way it was being handled then Agreed. Uh, and it's just like a- next level, basically. I mean, I, I, I mean, with doping in sports, I mean, I'm, you know me, I'm libertarian. So if let uh, them all juice I, it I, up, that's, that's let my them thing rock. too. Yeah. And listen, athlete, if you want to juice your ass off and go crazy and blow up your heart and your penis doesn't work, that's not my problem. If you exactly. want the glory, like exactly. go for it. You know what I'm saying? But don't give me any moral ramifications down the road. No, this is uh, uh, Dana White uh, having his cake and eating it too, right? Hundred percent. I'm glad you put it that way. But that's enough, Dana. You don't get enough press. We want to move on. What else has gone on this week that got your attention? Um, so Tim Hortons, they put out their uh, hockey cards. You to be McDonald's back when I was a kid. Now it's Tim Hortons that does it. Yeah. Uh, that kind of say I'd rather have it be McDonald's. I'm not a big Tim's fan, but uh, I'm not much either anymore. No, I, mind you, like uh, we've been ordering our coffee machine at work is broken, so I've been having to go to coffee time across the street. 
holy crap, uh, Tim's makes coffee time look like, like coffee time is bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Coming from someone That's who water. works for a coffee company, and you know what happened? I'm just saying off the record here. Um, what happened with coffee time? And I don't have to disclose where I work, but we are a company that got so big that we didn't take the lower stores because they didn't have enough product for right. us to send to them. One of them used to be coffee time. We don't make coffee time anymore, and all I've heard is the coffee time Because it used to be better. Yeah, well, that's yeah. because we used to make it. <laughs> Who gives them their coffee now? Do you know? I have no idea. It might be even a place up here in Etobicoke, down the road. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but I'm not really sure. But uh, Regardless. The cards, yeah. Um, yeah, so I picked up, uh, you know, so it's a dollar for a pack of cards with a coffee. I go for a coffee. I think, why not? Open up, Open up my pack. First pulled, Kirby Doc gave me... A little bit. Uh, I loved it until I heard he got injured. <laughs> yeah, basically. And uh, he, so it was him, uh, Clayton Keller, and oh, but I can't remember the other player I got. Anyways, I look at the back of the card. They don't have their stats from last season on the back. How weak is that? It's so. It's I don't get it. Like I think the whole thing is they wanted to guess guess rush it to get it at the beginning of the season. Why not push it back to get it out like around Christmas time so you can get those stats from last year in? Well, you know what drives me crazy? Remember when know. you, okay, I'm much older than you, but when you were a little boy and I was a hockey card junkie, mm -hmm. well, by the way, I got six packs of cards on my counter from Tim Hortons. I haven't opened them yet. <laughs> I'll probably buy six more tonight and do it tonight while I'm watching the Leafs lose, but that's another story. Um, when you were a kid, because we didn't have the exposure to all the stuff on TV that you do today, Cards were so great because you could flip them over. Oh, it was the information. The information yeah. was great. So if you were arguing with your buddies, you pulled out your cards. We didn't have a computer to hit a button and say what was going on. But you could pull out that card and see, see the guy's never been a 40-goal scorer. Look sure. at his four. So I think it's kind of weak. I'm glad you brought it up. Tim Hortons, we need numbers. The kids need to learn. You know what the comeback's going to be? Oh, they can just go to the internet. <laughs> That's what makes me sick. No. Put it I want the, that right there. In I my head. Right oh, by the way, as I say that, uh, as an old guy, uh, Andrew, like we like that. What do I have around me? Two magazines, a scribbler, and uh, a tablet that's blinking. I'll get to it because I... I, I haven't bought a magazine in 10 years. I haven't bought a magazine in a week. <laughs> I'm getting over it. When I was your age, for me to buy six magazines a month was easy easy because yeah. i just got the information but anyways the cards are nice i'm going to open mine tonight and i'll i'll video it and send it to you now i have a oh i'm looking forward to that yeah. uh we might even we could even post that online that'd be some good content okay some uh, some unboxing yeah, uh, uh, content learned. people love that okay um but i want to ask you when you were a kid were you like an elastic band on your hockey cards no no that i i used to for i i did that until i was about eight <laughs> and then I figured out, no, because you wrecked the cards. I want to shout out to my brother. Jose. So how'd you keep them then? What's that? How'd oh, in a shoebox. Okay. So when you we used to fling the cards to win from right, other right. guys and did all of that. But when you got the good ones, you put them in there. Or you bought five packs, and when you got doubles, those are the ones you played with yeah. to try to win from other guys. But I learned at a young age, put them in a shoebox because they're in a condition. But I have to shout out to my younger brother. Jose Cruz, I'm going to t send this link to you. I want you to confess to the world what you did with my two boxes of hockey uh -oh. and baseball cards that were worth how much, Joe? Are you hearing me, brother? He's still apologizing. Can I tell you what was in there? Gila Fleur rookie cards. Bobby Orr all-star cards. Um, you name it. Everything from the 70s in the hockey that you could think of, I had them cataloged in a box. 
And I left my first apartment, and I thought it would be wiser to leave them in the house. So if I left in my apartment, guys would come over and get into them, and they'd get messed up. Well, my brother broke into the trunk, found the cards, and started doing that thing where you put them on the bicycle, so they go, oh, no. And then my mother swept them up and threw them away. So I came home to go to a card show. Mom, where's the cards? And my mom, bless her soul, before she went, she said, my whole name is John Alexander. My mom said, John Alexander, if I ever knew how much those cards were worth, I would never have swept them up. Ah, it's too late now, Mom, but I still love you. Yeah. I know there's a story in my family about uh, my uncle's Wayne Gretzky uh, uh, rookie cards of my mom. So I won't get into that. It's not my story to tell. but Okay, but anyway, we're hockey cards people, and you know what? I'm going to do that tonight. I'm going to go get some more. I'm going to rip the package open, and I'm going to film while I do it just to see if I can get a Connor Bedard. Okay. What do you, have, do you have like a what, what would have been your prized like hockey card possession? I'm curious. Back in the day, the Gila Fleur. Rookie? Oh yeah, the yeah. Gila Fleur rookie would have been huge. He's my favorite. We're like, come on, I'm yeah. a Hab guy. Oh, Gila Fleur was right up there, but I also had a couple other guys. Like I had a Brad Park rookie card, which oh. is probably wouldn't have known now. But a Brad card. New York then, Rangers, right? Yeah, at the time, and I also had this card, which I seen at a card show about eight years ago. It was a picture of Bobby Orr with all the trophies. Remember that one year he won Conn Smythe, yeah, yeah, like MVP? Yeah. yeah, he won the whole nine yards. There was a great hockey card in black, and he's in the black Bruins jersey, standing there looking with that Bobby Orr 18-year-old look, and the card was worth 300 bucks. Wow. Three hundred. I looked at that, and I went, Joe, you owe me beer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd say a two-four at least. Oh, come on. You know, he didn't know any better. And, Joe, we're going to yellow to the Lions today. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. We'll get to that. Yeah, I'd say for me, it's a, I have a – it's kind of like it's got like this like puck kind of. It's sort of like you touch it, it's like rubber on one side. And it's oh, like, yeah. It's Don't... autographed by a Tyler Sagan. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. I had a great Daryl Sittler rookie too, I do believe. You know what I mean? Okay. I wasn't a big guy. And I had a. I had also, like, I was a bit of a Detroit Red Wing guy growing up in South Windsor. So I remember I had a Ricky, Mick, Mickey Redmond card. I don't know if anyone remembers Ricky, Mickey Redmond, but he started in Montreal and we traded him. And I wish we did, and he ended up scoring 50 goals three times for the Detroit Red oh, Wings. Wow. And he's still the play-by-play announcer on radio in Detroit doing color. Okay. To this day. But that's a little bit of history, if you know. There we go. Uh, we'll take that right into uh, one of... My favorite sports. It's quickly become one of your favorite sports. I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The U.S. Grand Prix, they're in Texas for Formula One. It's going to be hot today, too, isn't it? I heard the temperatures are going to be 90 because it's unseasonable. Yo, even yesterday, it was like 35 Celsius during qualifying. Today's obviously the uh, sprint and sprint qualifying. Well, I Um, think I should have watched the qualifying a little bit more last night because under my multi-screen thing when I was checking in on it, I thought Max was going to run away with the qualifying and I didn't catch the end where he kind of slipped off the track. Yeah, he uh, had his final lap time deleted, uh, went off at uh, turn 19, which... All show, they were kind of hyping up. They're like, oh, watch out for turn 19. Watch out for yeah, turn 19. Yeah, they were showing it. They had the camera there, which is really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I guess like the, for the IndyCar race this summer, guys were struggling with that corner. But uh, yeah, and a lot, whatever. Max lost that final lap time. Charles Leclerc on uh, pole position. Congratulations. Him and, Land- him and Lando on front row. They haven't won anything yet, but no, it should I be agree. interesting race. I love these races where Max is kind of kind of kind of got to work his way up. You know what I like about it, too? Because Lewis Hamilton is in front of him. Third place, yes, he is. So you think that Lewis Hamilton's going to let Max Verstappen try to get by him? That could, even though the season he could sp- be past him by turn one. You think I, he could? I'm, t- I'm, I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying like 
The Can way I have a weird the, the, prediction? But like, right off the hop, like, these, it's chaos in Formula One. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We uh, got right it. Right when that I green light comes on. I'll got you. Or when the red lights go out, I should say. But yeah. you never, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to take many laps for Max to pass Lewis. Okay, so here's how I'm looking at it, okay? I'm looking at it like fights in hockey. I don't think that Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen's ever gone for a beer together. That's just <laughs> I, don't think, the, I don't think they ever will. Uh, and I don't think they ever will. So yeah. let's just look at it this way. The season's pretty well over. You, most of the people that are watching now are fans. Because I heard some people on national TV dissing it because the season's over. Because oh, of Max's, the Pat McAfee show? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. bad. Anyways, you know what? I mean, if a guy was doing this in the NHL or the NFL or NBA, having a season of this dominance, it would be top ratings across we wouldn't hear about it but now max is having one of the greatest season in the histories of formula one and people are dissing the sport either you like greatness or you don't yeah i mean i'm all for it because i like the jockeying for the lower positions i yeah. want to see it like the ferrari mercedes battle for second place is getting interesting well that's what i'm saying it could um, be and then uh, i mean mclaren they probably Great are going to pass Aston Martin for fourth place this weekend. Great year for Which, considering for their start to the season is incredible. I'm going to look yeah. like Mercedes or Mercedes. Uh, McLaren is going to be one of those teams to watch out for next year. And he, for yeah, sure. exactly. Considering where they came into this year, which they weren't really ra uh, ranked. And what's their number one driver? What's the guy's Lando name? Lando Norris. Oh, I love him. That's one. That's my maybe my. I like Oscar too. I do too. I like both of them, but I like Lando a lot. He seems to be that guy that gets out of the car and his girlfriend holds his hand when he leaves. He just has that vibe about him. I really like him, but that's not why we're talking about the sport. I'm really believing that we could have a fight today because I don't know where Mercedes is in their constructor point. Second place. Okay, so I don't know if they want to sacrifice this, but I could see uh, a little bang-up between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. So I'm going to have a bold prediction. No, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think that'll let's touch, hear, guys? Let's, let's hear your, your prediction. I'm but. predicting that they're going to go into a corner. And Max is going to be in his FU mode, your last week's newspaper. And Lewis is going to say, really, and try to cut back in. And they take themselves out of the race. Uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I think Lewis is smart enough to know, like... Keep his you, points? If, if you got Max in the rear view mirror, just, like, let him pass. Really? At, at a certain point, if he's, like, right on your ass and, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Because you're both going to be losing time at that point anyways. Agreed. He knows, and he knows his battles with Ferrari at this point, not with Red Bull. Got a, you got a good point Lewis there. Is, Lewis has kind of got that uh, Professor Alan Prost uh, thing going on, right? So. Oh, I agree. But at the same time, now that he's not on the top of the heap, he sounds a bit like a whiner sometimes when he goes to his interviews. I agree. But, I mean, everything for Mercedes has got to be about keeping second place. Oh, I agree. Because I agree. constructor standings, that determines how much the team gets money-wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? No, so. that, that, you, you got a point there. I just think that sometimes, like, when you watch the old guys and they didn't give a shit and just ran each other off the track. <laughs> I just, because there, there is, like, come on. You, you, you don't last long in F1 doing that, though. No, no. But these guys are at the top of the heap. And, I, I like, I'm, I'm, let's respect Lewis Hamilton. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Seven-time uh, world champion. You got it. So I'm saying that now that he's got another... You know, when you're when you're on the top for that long and someone pushes you off the mantle, there's a little pride factor in there. There's sure. a little animosity factor in there. Well, we'll find out today. I'll definitely be watching the race. So yes, definitely. we will. Um, shout out to Leila Annie Fernandez winning the Hong Kong Open. Wow. We got a Canadian that won a championship, don't we? I know, right? Like, uh, nice yeah. little round of applause. We love Layla here at the house that happens. Oh, we love her very much. But we just wanted to point out, a, you know, can, is it okay if I point out a few irregularities about things that Absolutely. Really drive me crazy? Okay. First of all, if you don't know this, this was in a town called Jiaying. Is that how you say it? 
I'm not good with Mandarin. Neither. Well, okay. they speak Cantonese in Hong Kong. Oh, is it Cantonese? Yes. Whatever the case may be. Um, and every time we hear about athletes going there, it's always this screaming about civil rights and human rights and women's rights. And, and the women go there and play. So I don't want to... Maybe it's going to sound this way, and I don't want it to, but um, Layla was playing in a tournament where the number one player in the world was, what, 40th, I believe? The number one seed in the highest played player was Ludmila Sanzanova. Okay, I watch tennis a lot. I vaguely remember her. <laughs> Who did she beat in the finals? Uh, somebody named Katrina Siniagakova. Never even heard of this woman in my life. But then again, if you... can only beat who's in front of you. You won the tournament. And uh, I just said, there's never when you're winning like this, like you always see the talking heads get on TV and they, they talk about China and then they always put the side yeah. parts in, right? Layla goes to China and wins and I never heard nothing about any of that. And by the way... Well, mind you, this if this was like a major, like one of the... I forgot what they call the kind of like the next tier. Oh, of, yeah, just uh, below. There's a, the like big the, like four. Indian Wells. Yeah. I forgot what they call those tournaments. In but Cincinnati, yeah, 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 and all those. Um, in any event, it's the opening event of the season in the in the tennis world, in the women's tennis world. This is one of the first. Cause the main is reason, that the beginning of the calendar? Yeah, something weird like that. I couldn't believe it. Wait, the, said, the t- t- wait but the tour championship, uh, isn't that in December, though? That's what I thought, but they said this is the opening This is the opening points for next season. I don't understand I don't, that. Yeah, okay, that's weird. Well, maybe we're going to look it up. But the bottom line is, here's the thing that really killed me. Layla, great win. Um, I hope you have an amazing season because she's a great player. She had some great finishes. This year, because she, she's on, well, she's ranked, what, 60th right now, I believe? Uh, sounds about right. But she'll be writing up. I'm saying by the time the spring comes, she could get to top 30 if she continues on. But what really... Top 25. Sh- top think, 25, yeah. okay. And in any event, the thing that shocked me about this tournament, and we talked about it offline, and then you had to go take a peek, was the prize that she won. Now, I'm going to be true, Mr. Milani. You guessed it had to be somewhere around six or seven figures. Sure. However, however, 34000 and change is what the young lady won. Does that even cover her, like, costs? Like, uh, no, I think her sponsors paid for her to get over there. Enough. And I guess that the rest she gave to the family, and she does that stuff for charity. So I guess that's a charity check. But in any event, let's not talk about the human rights and all that stuff. I just remind people that it comes up when it seems to be convenient. You know what I mean? Yep. That's the, that's what weirds me out. But still, great win for Layla. We're cheering for you all year. And uh, we're also looking for our other girl, uh, Andra what, how do you say her Bianca name? Andrescu. When is she coming back? Uh, let's not go there. Um, Thank you. Okay, good. next. Moving on. Speaking of uh, well, an international tournament, uh, we have a big announcement. Actually, this kind of slipped under our radar. I think we probably could talk about this last week. But baseball, softball, cricket, squash, lacrosse, and flag football all to be added to the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. But the big headline is the NFL is not only allowing their players to go to flag football, they're encouraging it. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, first of all, let's let's remember this. It's not going to be till five years, okay? I heard an interesting thing from uh, Luke Wilson on TV discussing that. Big shout out to his dad, Mike Wilson, who I went to high school with, who was a pretty solid all-city football player when I went to school. So his lineage is pretty good. Mike's about twice my size, by the way. <laughs> he was one of the jock kids. I was the stoner kids in high school. But that's another story. Luke Wilson pointed up is that everybody, there's a whole bunch of NFL players jumping on the bandwagon. 
Oh, Tyreek Hill, oh, Michael yeah. Parsons. Oh, yeah, they're all yeah. saying it because they say that they have, they do, in some days when they're not in pads and stuff, they do a kind of a flag football thing in practice. Sure, makes sense. So that for less contact, yeah. so to speak. So everybody's racing to do this, okay? Luke Wilson put up an interesting point. It's easy to say for the guys that are saying today, I'm in. It's five years from now. It's five years sure. from now. What's Tyreek Hill going to be looking like in five years? Is he still going to be in the league? I hope he is. I mean, sure, it's five years away, but I mean, you like you love the the enthusiasm that these guys are showing, right? And, then, and that's not going to change. That's the thing that I came out of it with. I just think it gives it a little bit more high profile, but it ignores the fact squash is one of the games, right? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm a huge... I haven't played in about 10 years. My knees are gone, but I was a squash player for about 30 years. I played a lot of competitive squash. I think it's one of the best games ever... Every go Squash is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I used to play religiously three, four times a week, ladder the whole nine yards. I've never figured out why that was an Olympic sport a long time ago. And what I find about with the football thing, which is cool, which brings more eyeballs to the table, especially when you bring in professional athletes, is we should be talking about the greatness of the sports like um, – um, squash because it should have been an Olympic sport a long time ago. Sure. I hope it gets some TV exposure so people can really see how exciting that game really is. You know what I mean? What do you think about the other sports that are going in? I mean, baseball, softball should have never been taken out. I think that was an international committee at the time that was freaking uh, thumbing their noses at the Americans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think the only people that supported it at the time were Australia and Canada. I mean, when they had that thing, okay. you know what I mean? I remember at the time when it came up because it was very anti-American when they took it out. Yeah, and I but I mean, that. you look at the World Baseball Classic. I wonder if that's kind of the reason why they're putting it back in. I don't know. Looks a little suspicious that way. But, uh, I mean, uh, cricket, I love that too. That's a sport. Oh, that, yeah. Cricket's a sport that I'm, I'm really fascinated by. I wish it was more available here in North America because I'd love to like just kind of like get ingrained in it and kind of learn some of the nuances because it's fun to watch when you catch it, right? Uh, I've watched a couple of games on um, like guys at work that are into the sport. will say, hey, it's a great game today. Turn it on. The one will come on and uh, like one of those world things. Yeah. Um, let's tell the truth. Well, all that Americans did who steal everything, English was cricket. So <laughs> they're the new world. Let's make our own game because come on. What is baseball? Three degrees away from cricket. Yeah, it's not too far off. It's not too far off. And cricket's interesting in the fact that you have to play innings that could last a day. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of thing that I don't get. Um, another thing Games is... Games can go on for multiple days. Exactly. Not only that, they don't wear gloves. Uh, they don't wear like a baseball yeah, glove. Yeah, they'll wear... It, it's kind of like more like... Uh, the gloves the players play in the NFL. Basically. Yeah, like yeah. receivers gloves like that. But I love the guys that pitch. Or the bowlers, the bowlers, as they call yeah. them. That it's really interesting. So I think that you know what, considering like what, we are North America, so people don't understand that when the World Cricket Championships go on, whoo, whoo, that's huge in the rest of the world. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I bet you there was a lot of um, politicking to get it in. But I thought it was a no-brainer. As a matter of fact, I was kind of surprised that cricket wasn't in the Olympics before. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I mean uh, lacrosse. I'm assuming that's like outdoor lacrosse that they're going to put in there, not like the. Uh, the version that we're used to playing in, like, arenas here, right? Like the Mimicos uh, lacrosse, which is great. Yeah. But like the ones that are kind of played on, like, football fields, right? Yeah, like the Jim Brown old school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a great picture of Jim Brown in his lacrosse playing days just recently. And it looked really, really cool. Big man on lacrosse. <laughs> but lacrosse, lacrosse is a great game. I grew up in Windsor. Big Windsor Warlocks, huge team. Won all Ontarios when I was young. Love lacrosse. I don't know why I didn't play it with an organized, but that's a sport that I'm definitely looking forward to. In, uh, in the new Olympics. It's a shame that's uh, not a bigger sport. Um, 
It is in college, though. In American college, it's pretty fair. good. Yeah. That's fair. Um, also, uh, an announcement here that just came through recently. Christine Sinclair, one of our favorites, uh, announcing her retirement from soccer. We obviously wish her the best. One of the greatest, not just female Canadian athletes, but just Canadian athletes of all time. I agree with that. Now, let's take it next level because I have a problem with one thing saying great Canadian athletes. We say that because we're not a dominant country like America. She's just a great That's, athlete. No, I, I should have said saying, that. Yeah, right. I just want to say she's a great athlete. She brought an Olympic gold medal home for us. Uh, she's had a great career. I think the number one... One of the highest scorers in soccer in history. history as well. One of the legacies I think that she's going to bring to soccer, and it might not uh, rear its head for a couple of years, and that's why they lost this year, is we know that the financial um, participation by all these organizations got a little sketchy along the way. So I'm thinking that she's getting... She is, she's, she's had a great career. She's been a long time, and I guess it is her time to step out. But I'm glad that she brought up the um, inconsistencies that go on in the uh, Canadian soccer Federation. Um, yeah. So, and hopefully that part of her legacy will be helped to clean that up so we don't hear some of the stories what we heard just at the la this last World Cup. Yeah, I don't think she's going to totally step away from the game of soccer. I think we'll see her around, whether it be in management or broadcasting or somewhere. I hope that she gets into administration role within the uh, Canadian Soccer Federation because she's the one that knows where the skeletons are. Yep. And would clean it up. But anyways, would you... Huge, huge congratulations to Christine Sinclair and all the great moments and satisfaction you brought to us as Canadian fans. Absolutely. You know. Uh, also, we'd be remiss if we didn't congratulate the Las Vegas Aces for winning the WNBA title. Cruz, can you tell me who the MVP was? Uh, I heard there was a bunch of people at Barclays. <laughs> congratulations. Next. <laughs> oh, okay. Just dismissing that. Uh, it was Asia Wilson, by the way. As Vegas oh. beat uh, New York 3-1. to one. Actually, the last game was pretty entertaining. I had it on the screen on the guy taking a look because I know I'm doing this. but um, had a crazy ending, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. After the first two games were blowout. Yep. You know what I mean? And all the girls cried, and it was a happy story. And next! Uh, the Toronto Argonauts will be at Saskatchewan today. Uh, still going after that, uh, or to tie the wins record from Edmonton in 1989. Going for that 16-2. and two. And Toronto has a chance to end Saskatchewan's uh, playoff chase here today. Saskatchewan wow. entering this one on a six-game losing streak. I know, and that's just bad for Saskatchewan, which is one of the what the most rabid Canadian soccer bases in the country. Football, football. I mean, yeah, one of the most rabid bases in in the country. Oh yeah, you know what I'm the saying? The watermelon heads. And oh all yeah, that. the whole nine yards. Sorry about Saskatchewan, but it is Toronto's time, and I hope we win. I hope we run the table. You know, I really hope we do. We're having a great season. To tell you the truth, um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, the Argonauts took their uh, foot off the pedal today because they got bigger things to deal with. And at this time of the year, they got a lot of good players. They, they don't want no any extra injuries, knock wood, or anything bad happening. Sure, but I mean, the Argos are such a good team where they just might win this by default. <laughs> Point well taken. Big shout out to the Argos. Big shout out to uh, is it Chip Kelly? Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. Love his season. One more thing I noticed is so Montreal. It's already confirmed they will be hosting Hamilton for the Eastern semis. The last their last game of the season is Hamilton in Montreal. So that's going to be two games in a row. So that's going to be very interesting. Could be a, a Toronto Hamilton division final, which 
That's what I'm rooting for. I love kinda, that rivalry. I like that, too. It's very interesting, though, because that's the way that the Canadian football has to be scheduled because of the amount of teams. So you get these weird idiosyncrasies where you play two weeks in a row regular season playoffs. Not that that would happen very often in the NFL, but it has. It has. It has, but it wouldn't be as frequent. But I'm looking forward to the Argos run here. And big shout-out to Shuey's Bar and Grill, from which we broadcast, who has had some amazing... Um, Argonaut tailgate parties, um, huge parties. There's going to be one here today, I'm assuming. I, I think it's going to go down, but not only that, the money that they've ge- generated in this bar for a number of charities in the name of the Argos. Big shout out to Serge, our boy, who should be on the show. He should be. We should give him a hard time if he's listening because he's, I'm going to be there, guys. I didn't get the rundown. Serge. Get in here. Come say hello. We're shouting out to the Argos. We're calling them out. You're damn right we are, buddy. Damn right we are. But anyways, good run for the Argos. Good thing that Shuey's supporting them. And uh, I will be watching. I'll pay a little bit more attention when you get to the playoffs for sure. Yeah, just two games left in the regular season. Then uh, November 11th, those are the division finals. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. And then, of course, that all leads up to the 19th, November 19th, the 110th Grey Cup, hosted in Hamilton. You know the good thing about the Grey Cup? I... um. I don't know where it was, but I, it could have been Ryan Clark because there's a they were talking about um, um, how much money you make on the practice teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. People actually make some money. You can accrue money. Sure. That's why they go down from the CFL. But sometimes you end up on the practice squad. Um, you might never make the NFL because you get beat the hell out of because, you, you know, they got linebackers acting as fullbacks, simulating other right, games, right, so right. to speak. However, was it Rourke, the quarterback that was from Canada? Yep. Who was very good? He's on the practice squad for Jacksonville. He is, yeah. And I and I hope he gets a shot, but they say sometimes that's bittersweet. So I want to shout out to him that I hope he does get the recognition he does. And I like the fact that the, uh, the talking heads, I'm not sure if it was Ryan Clark, have shouted out that the value of the Canadian Football League. Yes. It caught me off guard when I, because I watch, you know, we all watch the shows. We all listen to podcasts. We want to know what everybody has to say. But I was really impressed with the fact that uh, the respect given to the CFL was really, really, really good. You know what I mean? And that's what people keep telling me every time I bring up about Toronto getting an NFL team. I get bombarded with people saying, what about the CFL? I think they can both exist independently, but... Yeah, because the Argos will move to Mississauga. Uh, that's not going to happen. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we'll take it from the Argos to Canada's, Toronto's favorite sport, the NHL. Uh, big news this week is that uh, the NHL draft, they're looking at a decentralized format uh, a la the NFL and NBA. I think this is interesting. So from the way I've heard it, it there's a lot of debate uh, even like internally between like in management because like uh, obviously having everyone on a big draft floor that's a good networking opportunity for people that are kind of just breaking their way into the game uh, I've heard the aspect of like trades and free agent stuff getting done is a little bit overblown uh, but I mean the people like you know people don't like change that's that's the number one thing I think we could take away here in the words of Frank Zappa one of my favorite artists if we do not deviate from the norm we will never have progress. That's true. So I'm looking at it this way. To me, it doesn't matter. I'm too old now. But I do know the spectacle of the NBA draft and the NFL draft, which is a huge ratings thing. On It's a better NFL. TV program. Exactly. Yeah. And I think all that's happening is Batman is trying to define a way that um, – looks more like present like you said for a tv program and stuff like that and now that we've got is it 
TNT and ESPN? Yes, I don't know. I, I'm guessing ESPN is going to carry it in the states. Like oh, 100 the because they've been but. they've been really driving hockey to the next level which is a good thing but i think the reason that our conversations or what we hear is because we're on this side of the border and such we're such a hockey fanatic nation which i love that we look at it from an old school aspect so it's kind of like looking at it like a guy like me that's going ah stolen bases you made them bigger you're taking it away from the game so get off my lawn so when you talk about all the people that's in the national media in toronto they're the ones that are downplaying it because they're thinking of the traditional way things are done in Canada with hockey going all the way up from uh, well, midget that, minor that kind of goes back both ways because I was listening to a Chris Johnston and Elliot Friedman's podcast and Friedman was taking a little bit more of a conservative side. Johnston was the one who was kind of like, you know, this is like an exciting opportunity. He's the one that was kind of pushing that there really could be change here. But at the end of it, so it's, it's going to come down to this where it's, it's not an official vote, but like each team is going to basically get like one vote. Uh, and that and they're going to basically use that to determine. Well, I, I'm, you know what? As an old guy, I'm all with it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because didn't the last week we were talking about players not wearing their buckets in the warm-up? Yeah. Get more recognition. Um, star-driven. Promote these guys that are in the sport. So if we have a draft like that, they can come on and people recognize it. Like, I'll tell you what. My wife sometimes watches these shows because she thinks it's so cool to see the moms crying yeah, what the yeah. suits the guys are wearing and it's a show so if it can attract someone like my wife to yeah. take a look to see what's going on that's more eyeballs on the screen so the nhl should take note of that absolutely and i mean another thing too that uh, i thought was pretty funny was uh, some managers were complaining that because there are so many like it's each team's draft table is like what 20 people oh it's like all army. the scouts it's yeah. like yeah. You know, half the war coaching room. style. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, a war room in a big uh, arena. But the the thing they were complaining about was that because it's so loud, guys are having to scream on their phone and basically they're like essentially yelling out information oh, for yeah. other <laughs> GMs to hear. That's pretty cool, though. I yeah. like that old school stuff. I've seen a thing about the draft in the 60s when Dallas was uh, perfecting it, and they were showing like the Dallas Cowboy draft room in 1964. It was just something like the from the Flintstones compared to what it is now. It was just unbelievable. But that's the progression of the world. And as we were saying, I think the NHL should come to the table. I hope they make this a, a media event. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Because look what Chicago yeah. did with Connor Bedard this year. Like, I wasn't in Chicago, but I did not realize till um, we were talking about it. The news media and the setup there. Oh, they ate it up. They, oh, it was unbelievable the way that they uh, they presented Bedard in Chicago, yeah. you know? And, and part of the reason we're even having this conversation is because the NHL draft is scheduled for Vegas this year, but they might not have T-Mobile Arena because I believe it's already been secured for a UFC event that weekend. Oh, gee. Yeah, so they might, they're talking about the sphere. That's the oh, big they're rumor. not going to get this. I, I don't think so either. But that's that's the buzz right now because I can't imagine like how expensive that's going to even be. That's going to be ridiculous. Um, the only ones that lining up to the sphere right now, and God bless you too, by the way, too, who put yeah. it on the map. I've seen you two a bunch of times. Great band live, but I would never pay to see them in the sphere. You know what the money on those tickets are? It's oh, insane. I don't even want to know. No, I don't either. But in any event, and this is a very spectacular. Vegas type extravaganza that's gone yes. on at the rest of the world's going oh my god uh, I hate to bring up his name but Dana White is fighting to get into the sphere oh, of course. he's fighting of because course. I'm gonna he says whatever the cost 
You know what I mean? I mean, he's got the money, so. Well, it's like you said, like the UFC, would they upsurp um, the NHL when it comes time to get t Mile Arena? When the, <laughs> those guys came down to say, is it the NHL, UFC, who are they going to take? What about, uh, is Dana White going to have his power slap at, uh, <laughs> at the, whatever, the thing to at the bubble? We may, we may never know, but we're not going to say much more about Dana White because no, he, no. he reminds me of my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. The good, the bad, oh. and the ugly. There we go. You know what I'm seeing? Uh, so we talked about ESPN. So ESPN is reporting that uh, viewership and ratings way up already this year. Uh, Tuesday night's game between Tampa Bay and Buffalo averaged uh, just over a half million viewers. And uh, quarter mil were between the ages of 18 and 49. That's the, the demographic you want, the one... Uh, the big spenders, if Which you will. Which excludes ones that, me. Yeah. Excludes <laughs> well, me. Because your generation, your age group isn't we, buying as much. That's the, the problem. The only thing that they try to sell us on TV is freaking pills and Viagra. That's say drugs. That's all they do. They don't say you want a new pair of shoes or a nice shirt. No, man. We got this generic Viagra. Hey, man, your bones don't hurt. Eat this. You want to run faster? Take this. You know what I mean? But that's okay because I've had my time and I'm still hoping to be around for a while and I understand that completely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but great, good to see that the ratings on ESPN are up. Um, you know, I, you know, my theory on this is, and it's a Connor Bedard factor. Even though you brought up the Buffalo Tampa Bay game, because those were the national games on. Well, I forgot was it uh, Colorado Seattle. I think it was the West Coast game. It basically did the same rating-wise as the Tampa one. But. And I heard locally, because they are the Stanley Cup champions, and they're off to a 5-0 and start. Vegas. Vegas is getting a good, like, their ratings out there in the desert have been up substantially, which is all great for the NHL because... Well, I think that's a lot of it, too, is because they're distributing their own games now, and it's it's a great package. I believe they do... It's like 68 or 69 games, and it's like a dollar a game, the package, which is... I think that's amazing. Why don't they do that here? Because uh, Bell and Rogers have they're, their... They're bastards. Okay. I, I think, yeah. Can I tell <laughs> you my yeah, issue? You can, I, can, I, can I tell you my issue right now? These cable guys and streaming guys, they're all going to get a nickel out of us anyway. Sure. Just so happens to be I'm a Montreal Canadian diehard. We all know that, but that's not the point. They're not going to black out Columbus against uh, Detroit, but they're going to black out if Montreal plays me. Okay, so what I've done is I've already paid Rogers my money to have every football game for the rest of the year. And I've got a streaming box, finally. But what pisses me off is I bought RDS just to have the Hab games. Oh, is it blacked out? Now they're blacking out RDS. They didn't do it before, but now they're blacking out RDS. Now, if I want to wait to the 2 in the morning for the broadcast later, oh, that's you can get cool. that. I can get it later, but it's not. So... What happens is Ottawa's the same. They black. Why do they black out? Ottawa, Winnipeg, all the Canadian teams. I don't get that, but they don't black out Edmonton. Is that because it's so far away? Um, well, maybe because I would say Calgary I would say because you're. Well, I, no, no, Edmonton game. If it's regional coverage, it is blacked out here. If it's a national game, it's fine. Because TSN, I, I don't know. I don't get it. My point is this: is that um, you're already nickel and diming me. Why don't we have a? I'll play a buck a game. You know, or whatever it is, I'll yeah. pay. You know what I mean? So, a buck a game. All the games are on national TV, so I'll end up paying what fifty bucks to watch the Habs for the year. But it pisses so me off. They want off. you to buy the the big package NHL. What do they call it? Is it Centerize? It's they call Centerize. It? But look, yeah. it is still more money because now it's a garbage product too. Exactly. And then you you say then you might as well buy the Super Sports Pack, which means you get all the college stuff too. But am I rich enough to pay thirty five bucks a month? Back in the day when it started, it was twenty four dollars. I used to get it every year. Yeah. Then it kept going up. Kept going up. So finally I said I got one of those streaming boxes, which is, you know how you beat? 
how I got Montreal games on now. And this is interesting. Anybody out there listening, and if you already have a box, you know this. It's blacked out on um, tr- uh, TSN in, in, in the city, yeah, right? Yeah, TSN 5, I believe, Okay, so if it. they're playing Vegas, you just go to the box and you go to the Vegas network, and the Habs are on there because Vegas ain't blacking yep. it out. So that's, okay. that's the only way you get around it. Okay, so well, you got the streaming box. So you're, yeah. you, you, get, you can get it either way. So I'm spoiled. I like it. Um, talk about ratings up to attendance down. Unfortunately, Winnipeg's having some issues. Uh, Tuesday night's game against L.A. Uh, reported 11,000 in attendance. They didn't sell out their home opener either. So uh, Jets, uh, this is something we talked about late last season. They could be in a lot of trouble. You know, it really is a sad thing. We were talking about uh, Winnipeg being irrelevant because people are going to be going out of town. But they signed Hollebach in uh, what's Shifley. Shifley, which I thought would be a fan base there. So is, um, I don't want to say this, but is Winnipeg maybe a second-tier city? They'll go back to being the Manitoba Moose Ooh. in the AHL? I mean, they already have that team. I'm, I'm hoping that once CFL season's over, some people are like, okay, like we were going to these football games, now we can... Start going back to hockey games. I can't buy into that. You see, the CFL is uh, CFL is competing with the NHL. Maybe in Winnipeg. Well, let's see how much. Uh, I had the a picture about like how much uh, the season opener tickets were for each. Did you team. see when they scanned the fans the other night? It was horrible, and not only that. Pierre-Luc Dubois was coming back to town, so we figured there'd be a few people coming in just to diss this guy for screaming, "I got to get out of Winnipeg." And I think Winnipeg's a great Canadian city. Yeah, so in Winnipeg, the, the tickets aren't exactly cheap. Uh, the cheapest non-standing room, non-obstructed view seat is still 55 bucks. In Winnipeg, that's not bad. Okay, it, but it's, it's a small... Yeah, I mean, it's okay. They don't have the corporate... They don't have no, the corporate no, 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 backing. No, 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 no. That's, that, that's a big problem. Because like other teams, it's like you're talking 50, 60% okay, corporate. So, okay, and then so in Winnipeg, just, it's only like... 10 15 i believe i heard it was yeah that's what i heard too less than 20 yeah. percent, which shocked me i thought there would be more but here's the great juxtaposition okay you're flashing on a game in winnipeg against la who by the way we'll get to a minute is going to be a surprising team after goaltending holds up and they're coming i don't to think d- they're that surprising i think they're just a good squad oh yeah I, I watched them play a great game the other night i seen minnesota and la but we'll get back to that bottom line is um you got a team like la coming into town You've got um, some diverse, some animosity in a kid that left town is coming back to your building, and they're showing it in the third period, and they're just showing bucket loads of empty seats. Yeah. Okay. Now here's a great juxtaposition. Connor Bedard came to Toronto this week. He did. Could it couldn't get a seat in the house? Okay. <laughs> well, like like every Leafs game. However, did you see the last ten minutes of the game? Oh. Look at Toronto was losing. The lower bowl emptied. It was kind of sad. Now, they said the upper crowd, like that, because maybe people that don't get to go all the time. Because yeah, the that was guy, still full. It was still full. But just think of that. And what is the difference, which really makes me scream sometimes, is like Winnipeg is screaming to get fans in the arena. And here in Toronto, they're so spoiled. They just walk Gotta out. Be and they get, got to be traffic. Whatever the case. You know what I mean? That's Toronto at its worst, <laughs> eh? I, I just got to say, I'm so happy that my dad was never one of those guys. It's like, oh, we had to leave early for traffic. He would stay to the end of the game each time. Oh, you got to. If you're yeah. a fan, I was always that way, too. You know, I remember when one time I was a kid and a, a great Blue Jay comeback. I forget which year it was. Down by four in the, in the ninth. 
people walking out. We sat around. I remember it was a George Bell era, and they ended up scoring Oof. four at the bottom of the ninth. Place went, and then high, like it was started with high, like the place pretty packed. Yeah. By the time the game ended, look around was a smattering <laughs> of fans. But you know what? Toronto is getting a reputation of being a little bit snobbery when it comes to their fan base. Even though the Raptors seem to have that like pinball machine hype let's get crazy in the building i wonder well we're gonna talk more about that later but oh, with yeah. the, the way that team's going you gotta wonder how long that's gonna stay it's been steady though since they've come here in the yes 90s, but, but the team we'll there see hasn't we'll, been get, the returns. That. we'll, we'll get into we'll that get later that. Um, just, ottawa's also been struggling with their attendance too really? i don't know if you heard about that yeah but yeah. I heard there was an upset because actually Ottawa's off to a pretty good start, don't you think? I know that might help the attendance, but they—I think they've averaged only like fifteen thousand so far. And what's the capacity in that? Isn't it eighteen five? Yeah. In Canada, but yep. they say it's a terrible arena. Well, and it's way out. It's in the and, middle of a freaking cornfield, well, isn't it? Yeah, it's way outside of town. It's like putting a—it's uh, like putting a um, the arena out in Milton, uh, up in the hills. Basically, you know what I mean, which is a drag. But um, well, once they're, they're going to work on that downtown one, I feel like once you what the team's getting better, you're going to have a better arena. This is going to be something we won't even be talking about in a couple of years. I don't know about that because here's the problem with Ottawa: it's a transient town. Half the people in Ottawa don't live there because of the government situation and stuff like that. But I do believe that because we are. Uh, Hockey-driven yeah, nation. Yeah, but, nation but when Canada. Ottawa's good, people show up to the games. We've seen this historically. Back in the day when they were having those great uh, um, Battle of Ontarios, sometimes those games didn't sell out till game time. Still, though, there's people in the stands. That's my point. Uh, interesting point. I'm just saying that I... Uh, all it's about 19-something, 19,000-something. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is that people say that they're going to go to games and they want to support their teams. It's like we say when we're watching the WNBA and we look in the crowd, it's 60%, 70% men. Like, who's coming out? To, like you got, If you're going to say you're supporting a team, come on out and support it. Now, here's another thing we got to realize now. We've got a downturn in our economy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, people are struggling with a whole bunch of other things. So, uh, a ticket to a hockey game is a massive luxury. You know what I'm sure. saying? So, I'm wondering how much that effect it has. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on with the Winnipeg economy. On a, it's probably not great. You know, with when you're putting your feet on the ground. But it, it is a, it's a... It's a, what do you call it? It's not an industrial city, but it's one of those points with the Red River. So, you can have, like, logging farming right right oil pass-through so I, I don't know I, I'm what shocks me about Winnipeg is such a low degree of corporate interest in the city that's the sad thing um, but uh, anyways moving on so I want to talk about what's going on with the NHL kind of uh, roster wise where we have three teams now carrying or four teams carrying three goalies rather just showing how valuable this position is how's People value the depth, how scared they are to lose depth to teams like Tampa Bay, who's like scrambling to find goalies, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and those four teams are Montreal, Philadelphia, Detroit, and Buffalo, all carrying three goalies. Okay. Three healthy goalies. Okay, I, I understand what's going on here because you made an interesting point months ago. And uh, I'm noticing the smart teams are doing it. Is first of all, is in this salary cap era, you better not be paying your goaltenders more than freaking five to six million a year against your, your tandem or your tandem unless you're carry price or somebody on that level even then that usually leads hurts to issues you, hurts you if carry price was not on the injury list we'd be in trouble because what's going on here is what really blows me away is you go you got you have free agency in july training camp's coming at the end of august 
We are now one week into the hockey season, and I can't hear the, the, the clattering about goalies this year has blown me away. Every time I turn on a game, someone's sniffing for a goalie. What's going on in the AHL? Can you bring up a junior guy? I don't think I... This is, in my opinion, almost unprecedented in my years of watching hockey. Like, you usually get around, like, American Thanksgiving or the playoffs are coming up and everyone's talking about goaltending. This is October 21st. Come on. Well, yeah, well, I think, it, hey, this is stuff that, like, it's kind of been building up the last couple of years, and now it's kind of really coming to a head where... I mean, it's not about, like, having the top goalie anymore. It's just having, like, a few guys that could play. I mean, look at the last two teams that won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Aiden Hill and Darcy Kemper were the starting goalies. I mean, those guys, I mean, they're they're talented. They're good goalies, but by no means are they world beaters, right? They were just good enough for the job and, you know, in the right place at the right time. That's what it's all about. Agreed, but then who won the two years before? Okay, the best but, goalie in the country and the world. But, I mean, but look <laughs> at Chicago. They won three with Anti Niemi and Corey Crawford. Pittsburgh. Corey Crawford's underrated, but go ahead. He was, yeah, but he'd, he'd allow some stinkers, though. Like Samsonov does? <laughs> sure, exa exactly my point. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I just find it fascinating because is it, does it mean like, is it, is it like, you know, uh, sports is cyclical? Sure. So are we on a downswing in goalies maybe right now? Is that the issue? Um, I think part of the problem is it's that the it's become diluted because of expansion, right? We're just—it's harder than ever now to find good guys. Oh, just because of the, just because there's more competition. But what about the goalies coming from Europe right now? Like, remember once upon a time it was all about the Quebec Major Junior League. Sure. Everybody was there because those goalies, everybody wanted to be Guy Lafleur and Mario Lemieux. So by the time the kid was 18, he's seen more rubber than Goodyear. Okay, those goalies. However, the most goalies that are in the league right now come from Scandinavian countries, which is either Finland or Sweden. Yep. You look around the league, and like, who's got the most goalies? It's Finnish, like, um, disproportionate amount considering their populations and how they've slipped into the NHL. What Canadian I goalies have kind of been on a little bit of a downturn lately. That's what yeah. I'm getting at, yeah. Like, I'm not seeing those guys. Although the Americans have been developing goalies at a great rate. But that's because of that college system. You know that thing because they want to beat Canada, the Olympics thing? So they got that... that not the No, you mean the U.S. National Development yeah, Program, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That, that's a junior program, not college. But it's, oh, yeah, I mean, junior pro program. But, yeah, but they've developed some good goalies out of there that have gone to be ladies. You know what I'm we saying? We just talked about Connor Hellebuck. There you go. So, um, Jake Ottinger, I, 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 I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, another good goalie. But look, the best goalie I've seen this year is a guy that plays on Minnesota. Even though he got shelled by Toronto the other night, that guy. Oh, yeah. Gustafson. Is Gustafson, that yeah. That guy's a great goaltender. I th Ottawa should never have traded him. Never in a million. They picked the wrong guy yep. is what happened. But that could happen to anybody. But the bottom line is about that is like, I mean, he got, he got roughed up about Toronto. But you know that's a good thing for Toronto because Toronto gets you into a pond hockey situation, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so Minnesota got fooled. Then two nights later, what do they do? They have freaking battle with LA, which one of the best hockey games I've seen all year. And LA won with who in net? I forget his name. <laughs> Either Talbot or uh, Copley. No, Copley played. Okay. I do play. You know, and he's young too, isn't he? Relatively twenty eight, twenty nine. He's been in the league a while. Well, the thing they say is you got to look like a guy like Wall on Toronto. He's like 25 years old now. Where has yeah. he been? He's been he's developing been, in college. You, that's in the what AHL, I'm saying. Yeah. You you gotta you gotta like Copley's uh, 31. Oh, he's that old. Yeah. Wow. 
Because I know he's been around. He's been around. I know that. I thought he was a little bit younger. But my point being is this is like everything else. you got to develop your craft. Unless you're a superstar guy or a phenom or something like that, goaltending is a a craft that you have to learn. You know what I mean? And they play different in the... Um, North American colleges, and they they play different in Finland. They play di- different in the WHL. You know what I'm saying? So once you get to the NHL, like you might have skills for this type of hockey or that type of, of play. So you got to develop an all round game, so to speak. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And when's the last time a goalie's been drafted in the top ten? Uh, pretty years? recently. Not let me. I'm gonna look that up. I remember Spencer Knight was. I don't know if he was top ten or right around. I think he was there. top fifteen. I think he was top 15. Sure. Uh, I want to say Nashville took a goalie high up last year. Did they? I'm going to look this up very quickly. but I'm wondering because I haven't seen, you know, and usually goaltenders are a lot, unless you're like a Marc-Andre Fleury or somebody like that, you don't really get drafted that high. But I've noticed in the last few years, I don't recall a goaltender being picked. It, it goes, there's like the ebbs and flows, I exactly. noticed this, right? Like a few years ago, there actually was a trend of goalies going high. Oh, I remember that. It was like, and you'd see them, and some of these goalies aren't even in the league anymore. Yeah, well, that's the that's why I, I'll, I'll, I'll always argue for not taking a goalie in the top ten. Like, go for like the skilled forward. That's your best bet in the top ten. So, Even defensemen taking up high, that's a big risk. Yeah, but I'm saying, well, what what a team has to do do, do uh, what a team has to do is when you're on a developmental scale, you draft a guy with the with the purpose of having him play later. Now, look at this. I heard Bill Guerin on um, Bill Guerin, Bill Guerin, a good hockey guy. They traded Talbot for. Gustafson, basically, right? No, is it Talbot? Yeah. Because, yep. yeah, okay, so basically that was a trade. And he was asked, why did you take this guy? And they said, we had scouts that knew Ottawa scouts, and they said that this kid is a diamond in the rough. He wasn't quite ready. The weird thing is, is that just as he get, get, did get developed by Ottawa, they bailed because they wanted the veteran goalie. It was a huge mistake on their part. So huge. What Bill Guerin had said to them is that we we um, we profited from the development of a goalie in another organization who didn't have the patience to wait for him because they wanted to win now. Maybe they had the win guy now, but if if, if uh, Minnesota makes a run in the playoffs this year, we know who their goalie's going to be. Sure. And uh, to answer your question before, so Nashville took a goalie eleventh in twenty twenty, and Detroit took a goalie fifteenth. Who's Detroit uh, take again? Uh, I just had it before. Let me go back. College kid, was it not? If my memory serves me well? Uh, no. The Sebastian Casa from the WHL. He's still in the minors, I do believe. Probably. He's still in the minors. He should be. Yeah, he's still in the minors, so to speak. That's an it interesting... looks like he's playing with Grand Rapids in the AHL. Yeah, I thought he was, yeah. I was down there. They, they had mentioned the goalies. Anyway, if there's anybody out there when you're listening to this, because you don't always say that you're listening until I see you in the bar or I'm walking down the street. <laughs> um, this goalie thing, I think we're going to be talking about it all year. So if you've got your two cents on why you believe that the goalie situation is out of control, uh, let us know because I'm going to... to um, I'm really going to give my distinguished uh, colleague here, Mr. Milani, a lot of credit, who about a year ago to start the season, you were talking about don't spend big monies on goalies because here's the situation with the salary cap. I kind of went like, yeah, okay, I want a goalie. But uh, I think you're... you're uh, well, this goes hand in hand with your theory. I want the I want the D. I, I want, want the, the D first. Yes. I want to be strong. I want, I want to be strong at center and on D. Okay, I do. I want to be strong. I want D first, but... Here's a goalie. Maybe here's what it is. And I don't want to um, rain on your parade. Okay. 
Wall played very good the other night. Yeah. Except on the Corey Perry breakaway. Oh well, he was pick, he was cherry picking got a breakaway. What okay, want? I want that, but I don't think he came out and played the angle well. So that's not a bad thing because the next ten went to, he may stop. My point being is this: it goes back to the old Ken Dryden of the Montreal Canadiens um, situation. It's not how many stops you make; it's when you make the stop. Sure. And the other night when Wall let in that goal, that kind of took a little bit of freaking out of the sails of Toronto because Toronto was actually taking it to Chicago at that time. I mean, at the end of the day, Toronto only scored one goal. Oh, what's his name on Chicago? Played great, though. He robbed Matthews in close about sure. three times. Like, come on, Toronto clearly dominated that game. Sure. You know what I mean? But that's why you have I'm a not, I'm not getting upset about it. I'm just no, saying like, those are well. the facts. Yeah, but I, I, was, uh, I thought Toronto outplayed them. And by the way, I'll get to that in a minute. I... You guys in Toronto should be happy that you got Nylander and Austin Matthews because I've watched a lot of hockey games this year, and they're two of the best players I've seen. Oh. And that's con- considering, uh, uh, what's the guy in uh, Minnesota who I love? Kaprizov? Oh, he's ridiculous. Uh, I've seen a kid on L.A. He scored 30 last year. I wrote it down. I don't know what here. This kid was flying. Viala? Is that who it is, Viala? The guy they got from Nashville? Yeah, he was flying the other night, and I said, wow, you're good like that because you're looking around the league. And uh, there's some interesting results, which we will be talking yeah. about. So but. I want to shout out Matthew, second player to, uh, since the inaugural season in the NHL to start the season with back-to-back hat tricks. Uh, the first was Ovechkin in 17-18, so not bad company to be in. Uh, and by the way, just loving Austin Matthews on the penalty kill. Isn't that working out the way it should? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, do you see him the other night? He gets a chance and draws a penalty. Like, I mean, a high-end yeah. chance and then... Um, I don't think that uh, I'm hearing a lot of chatter. Are we going to get into a little bit about Toronto Maple Leafs right now? We can and, we can donate a bit of time. Um, I I still say this like we we shouldn't be talking a lot about hockey in this sense. Is that no panic, Toronto? Yeah, I'm not panicking. No, that's what I'm saying. But the the uh, the level of hockey in this city is just amazing. You know what I mean? Like, what have I heard about what's wrong with the defensemen? Who's our number one goalie? God, oh, the, it's four the line, games. The line matches. Like, oh my God! Why can't Sheldon Keith get like? Oh my God! Like, let's American Thanksgiving people. You know what I gotta say about okay, that? Okay, well, we're all going there because uh, uh, it's only one game. But I think we're going to get back to after yeah. ten games. It's only ten games. But but Austin Matthews looks goddamn amazing out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks like he's healthy, which you cannot oh, say yeah? for a lot of last year. Oh, yeah, was banged up, but uh, yeah. Like, let's just say something, okay? Remember during last year when we had a question, and I, I, I said, Matthews is going to score 40 goals. He's going to score 40 goals. Remember he had that little area when he was yeah. in the 20s, and like, will he score 40 goals? And he raced to the end, and he got it. The guy's a pure goal scorer. Sure. I think that he could take the puck off somebody in a phone booth. Because he's, and I hear it's that Arizona growing up, small rink small stuff, ice, like, yeah. whatever it is. But, I mean, as fast as he skates and as strong as he is on the puck, when he goes into the corner, how many times does he come out of the corner with the puck? That's a skill. Oh, yeah, I don't give a damn what anyone says. And our rock star of the city, after any ban, Mr. William Nylander, I just, and I'm not always the biggest Swedish guy because this guy, uh, how many players have you seen better than him this year? Nylander? Oh, I mean, around I mean, I've been I've been watching like a crazy man of hockey this year. But oh, I mean, so have I. And I, and I no, I'm I, saying I haven't been. Oh, I, oh, oh, by the way, <laughs> I, I like to with hockey. Like, I'll, I'll ramp it up as the season goes on. Okay. Like right now, I'm just kind of focusing on Toronto, like whatever, like what's on like Saturday night and whatever. Full but. disclosure, 
I'm off work right now. <laughs> I usually work afternoons. Every day is a Saturday for Cruise. With four screens and a streaming box. I just go, what game am I going to watch tonight? <laughs> and that's why I'm seeing who's doing I, I I'll be honest with you. I have seen what the, 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 the it's what a week old the season? 10 days old? Yeah. I have seen more hockey in this 10 days. If we went back last year, the first two months, wow. I don't think I've watched this many games. I love it. And you know what? You were watching a lot of hockey last year, too. I did, but I mean, I've amped it up way up this year because you know what I'm doing? I'm so pathetic. I PVR the games. Screw that because I want to see why Jack Cuyus coughed up the puck at center ice and cost the goal to win the other game. He was the best player on the ice. He makes one bad play the other game because New Jersey's having trouble getting off the ground. Uh, they won last night. That had a oh, big yeah. game, and uh, Jack Huge Hughes game. four points last night. Oh, he was, but I'm saying was the game before that. Jack Hughes, uh, he's top five I've seen this year. That guy is like freaking maple syrup over hot pancakes. <laughs> he is so smooth. It is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's leading the NHL in points right now with 10 in four games. Who's his winger? The big left winger in Jersey. I meant to bring it up. The there. guy they got from San Jose? Yeah. Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer. That guy should have way more points than he does. He's been set up. He's well, missed. It's been four games. Like that's <laughs> okay. So give him some time. But he was there at the end of last season. But he's a guy. He's the uh, he's the Tyler Bertuzzi of the yes. New Jersey Devils. Okay, he hasn't quite learned to fit in. Like he's had. I would have put the puck in the net. I can't skate. <laughs> Because this Jack Hughes is a, a magician out there. But I'm saying that's what happens in the game before. Who did they lose to? Not Ottawa. Philly, maybe. Philly, who's a surprise. Philly's off to a hot start. Okay. It was one of those transition moves, and the puck went up, and he kind of bounced it. It dropped the other way, like a, like how Connor McDavid yeah. gets scored against. He's on the ice. Yeah. But it was just one of those fluke plays where you're the best player on the ice, but that one play makes you look like, oh, shit, which why I have trouble with analytics, which we're going to do a whole show on that in hockey later. But, uh, yeah, what else have you seen in the league this year that's, that's – um, Got your attention. So I wanted to talk a little bit about logos. Thank you. So uh, the one that really got me going here was that all-star logo that Toronto's got on their shoulder is just fucking ugly. Thank it you. Looks like a, it looks like a McDonald's freaking like, or like my brother said, it's more like it looks like the Carl's Jr. logo. Oh, right. That's, <laughs> that's even crazier. But like there's nothing there to like say it's in Toronto. Like there's no CN not, Tower, not, just like a star and a maple leaf. Wow, like a freaking... That could be anything. A sixth grader could have came up with that. But you know what drives me crazy? It's awful. I'm going to get. I'm gonna go back to my get-off-the-lawn position that I usually handle very well. You know what this logo stuff and everything is all about? Oh, money. Exactly. So I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're looking, you're going in... Like, like, you look at the last time Toronto hosted All-Star 2000. Great logo. They put, like, uh, Toronto 2000. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. CN that Tower. was cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was 2000? 2000. My dad was at that game. Had a miserable time. <laughs> I hate to hear that, Mr. Milani. Well, yeah. that, that, the All-Star game, like, they say it's for the fans, but really it's for the sponsors. Let's of be real. Of course. That, uh, yeah. yeah, we all know that. But in any event, my take about it is all this logo jersey nonsense drives me nuts. You know, and, and I'll make a quick allude to it. I just seen the Detroit Lions alternate helmets. I'm 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 driving down to Detroit, stealing the truck and driving them right into the Detroit <laughs> River, man. Get rid of that shit. But anyway, let's get back to hockey. Yeah. So and another big one is so for Boston's 100th anniversary. Oh, stop it! Hold on, hold on. I seen it. You made me go and check this out. So they're ah. going. So 
they're going back to the old school 70s, 80s uh, Bruins logo. But just for this season, which I think is such a mistake, because that logo, it kills the one that they were using the last few years. Oh, it's a, it's a Bobby Orr logo. Yeah. yeah. It's cleaner. It's yeah. like it's got less, whatever, less light. And I like how there. the sleeves go because a lot of teams are doing that 70s, those 70s styles uniform. Toronto had that kind of look, but in their blue and white. But continue. Yeah, and just, I don't know, like, it, it would be, just be such a mistake. Like, all these teams going old school, like Buffalo, Toronto. Like, Toronto, for their 100th anniversary, they went back to old school, but... The difference is they kept it. Yes, which is you a good know, idea. Buffalo went old school. That was the right call. Um, Those well, are all punch in black jerseys, by the way. What? The, the uh, Buffalo, Toronto. They're all oh. that's a punch in black. Ask your dad. Because you know when Buffalo came into the league, all they did was they took Toronto uniform and just made them blue and yellow. <laughs> you know what I mean? With Tim Horton and all that. Which isn't a bad thing because I like traditional looking hockey uh, jerseys. What I'm getting at, which you're pointing out to, is like, and I hate Boston with a passion, so I hope those uniforms, they lose every game. But like you're well, saying, why don't, if it's your 100th anniversary, why are you bringing up something new? I don't get it. Like, I, I, don't I don't get know. why you would just make that, I would just make it a permanent change. Uh, well, to the old school jersey? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then I'll go there because look at, look at now. Buffalo went through a whole whack of dumbass-looking jerseys, and what are they wearing now? The Jill Perot-looking uniform. So what I don't in the '90s, black and red ones are kind of making a comeback as their third jerseys. But okay, if they use that one now, like um, Vancouver uses those V jerseys, like once every hundred oh, years. I don't mind that because it's just no. The Vancouver I, you talked about the Detroit Lions helmets. I'm taking the Vancouver V jerseys and putting those oh, in the, the my Pacific God. Ocean. Do you know the guy that owned the team was a psychologist, and that was supposed to be a psychological ploy? Those uniforms are supposed to be psychologically that's, intimidating. That's the dumbest thing I've ever. Check it out. Check it out. Because everyone said, why? Because they said they were moving at you with that color, and the motif on the front was like a tractor coming at you or something. It's supposed to have some intimidation factor. When I read this, oh, when I read this, I said, really? Really, buddy? Check it back in the day. Tiger Williams is the best making fun of those uniforms, by the way. They were so <laughs> yeah, gaudy. most iconic moment in that uniform, Agreed, too. agreed. But it was they were so gaudy. But anyway, let's get back to the logos. Tell the truth, everybody. If you find something stylish, traditional, or something that's going to be like for a weekend or whatever, that's cool because we know it's all about marketing. And we're, we're trying to get the TikTok world. You're trying to get the girls to watch more. You need flashy stuff to get eyeballs on the game. But don't take away from some of those great traditional uniforms that have been around forever. Hockey has a, in my opinion, and baseball... They've been around for so long, those some things traditionally look that way. That's what you want to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the way it's gonna look. You know what I mean? And I, I don't I don't understand why they I understand why. It's money. It's marketing. You know what I mean? Right. But I, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it. No, I'm with hockey jerseys, I've always been of the opinion, just keeping it simple. Two or yep. three colors. Maybe you can flirt with the fourth color if you like really like know what you're doing, but Nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, there there have been like the old school Anaheim Mighty Ducks jerseys. I think they, those ones pulled it off. The Arizona, the ones they have now, I love those. Oh no, I do. Like I was just gonna say, Arizona, them and the baseball team. Yes, they've done good. Similar motif. Way. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm. That's that's pretty good. But you know what? They're newer teams. So they got their newer thing, and this is where they're gonna go. Great. Like I don't expect the Yankees to come out on the field in teal. No, no. You know what I mean? Again, yeah. like simplicity. That sometimes just. The whatever, keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah, that's right. That's sometimes just the key. Yeah. Um, I know the San Jose Sharks. There's rumors that their third jersey is going to be like the fin popping out of the water. 
that has 50-50 potential. Could be cool. Could be oh lame as shit. Oh, my God. I don't know. I'm just like, like, you know what I'm tired of is when you opened your package of hockey cards and you had the ter- Kirby Doc card, what was he wearing? Uh, the baby blue hat. Oh, stop it. I think they threw them all into the uh, St. Lawrence River. That's what I'm thinking. I'm hoping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember those ones we had the other year, and I still have one of those weird white ones that we had that year, Montreal, with that weird logo on the front. I have the one, one of that. not the Where's Waldo ones. I think, yeah, they oh, were God. pretty. They were pretty they bad. Like pajamas. Oh, they were so bad. But you anyway. know what? I, you know what I liked when you guys had it was a third jersey. It was a white third jersey with like a the blue. It was kind of basically like the home jersey style, but in white, basically with like the blue stripe down the. Eh. I think that's. A, I think that was a cool look. I wish you guys would bring that back. I think I have one of those. But I think that's a cool one. It wasn't, it wasn't it's too a nice bad. little twist. I thought the, uh, which I was very surprised is because I hated a lot of the alternate jerseys I seen last year, but I didn't mind Toronto in that black and blue look. I wasn't. It's not traditional Toronto, but I mean, if they're going to do something, no, black's, fun, black's not Toronto color. Get out of here. Okay, so then I hope you never see them again. But as a guy, no, that, we will. And, and uh, the kids again? like them now. That's the Whoa, problem. Oh, that's my, my brother bro- loves those jerseys. Oh, really? That yeah, he now has one. You're right into my wheelhouse. That's what I'm talking about. Young people, TikTok crowd, girls, people from countries I can't pronounce. Oh, that's pretty. I'll take one of those. It's like you know when you're walking down the street and you see some guy and he's got on a Badass hat, okay? Like, I mean, you look at that hat. Like, the one you're wearing today. Mr. Milani's wearing a great championship Raptor hat today. One yeah, of my favorite. Got the, the little badge on the side, too. Yeah, no, no. It's one of my favorite uh, looking Raptor hats. And you see some guy, and you walk up to him, and you go, God, that's a badass hat. And he goes, what? Oh, my hat. Oh, my daughter got it for me. I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Oh, you just go, really? And you know who kills me the most that are wearing those, eh? Detroit Lion hats. Oh, of course. Lions have nice colors, nice look. But that doesn't mean I want some freaking guy from a country I can't pronounce rocking that hat and doesn't know who freaking Billy Sims is. You know what I mean? I'm take it off his head. That's I'm not I'm that kind of guy. That's like I read something once where a guy was wearing uh he was like, Oh, I'm from Baltimore. I saw this guy wearing uh an Orioles cap, so I like went up to talk to him about it and the guy's like, Oh, I just like the bird. That drives me crazy. <laughs> drives me crazy. I've seen guys wearing Detroit Tiger hats. Um, uh, I've seen guys wearing Detroit Lion hats, and they go, oh, they're just cool hats. They couldn't tell Detroit from Tijuana. You know what I mean? It just makes me crazy. You know what that is? That's because we're diehards. Sure. You know what I mean? Those logos mean something to us. You know what I mean? Like, when I see the Boston logo, I spit in the ground. You know what I'm saying? It's just the way it goes. But do... Uh, that being, I was going to say, Snoop Dogg gets a pass for wearing the Leaf stuff because he likes the Leaf. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just so funny. It is. It's great, too. And he rocks it, you know? Oh, yeah. He, he still rocks it, which is so... Uh, big shout-out to Snoop Dogg, who just turned 52, by the way, this week. Shout-out. 52, and I really wish I could send him some of my homegrown, but that's another story. Another um, time. One last thing I want to get to for hockey. I don't know if you have anything else, but uh, shout-out to Mackenzie Blackwood, making 49 saves uh, up until Kilmus Carr scored with, like, about a minute to go against Colorado last Saturday night. Stood on his head. Insane. Insane. I know that. That, that. that kid could have a future, perhaps. Get shell-shocked he like would, that. Don't forget the last Olympic cycle. He was in the conversation for Team Canada. Yes, so. he was. Yes, he was. I just want to do a quick, because like I said, uh, um, it's after 10 games, but just a couple of things I want to shout out about. First of all, and I'm going to say this to the Leaf Nation out there, stop it. 
That's all I'm going to say to that. Just stop it. However, we have a couple surprises. I was the guy that said, and it's only a few games, Boston Bruins have come out of the blocks pretty interestingly. 3-0. I, I, I've been surprised. Colorado looks like they've put the wheels back on the uh, wagon and they're ready to go. 4-0. You know, and then there's this surprising, like, no hangover, the cheesiest, coolest, craziest opening ceremony in the history of hockey. Vegas is 5-0. and Yes, sir. And, I mean, that shouldn't really surprise anyone too much. But I mean, usually when you start the season, you have that little trip over your skates for a minute. These guys are coming out like gangbusters. And they've changed their... It's a lot of the same squad, too. Oh, they've changed a couple defensemen. they got a couple new defensemen. Find, uh, and no Riley Smith. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But they look good. Well, let's just say, we're, that's all we're going to say. Um, I want a big, a big shout-out to Kirby Doc. I hope you come back from your injury as soon as possible. You were looking so good. And the other night, when we, we got just manhandled by uh, Minnesota... The team looked like you could tell St. Louis was trying to figure out who's playing <laughs> oh, with shit. what. It was just like, you know, you lose a guy like that and you come out the first couple of games and you look this way, then you take a guy out like that. Like he, he, he could have been maybe our best player in these first couple of games. He's gone for the year. The kid Gooley, who's, a, who's going to be a great quarterback on the power play, we don't even know who he's going to be in there. But here's my favorite stat my boy Aberjacky. Three instigators, three 10-minute misconducts, and four points. Look at that. And Look four at that. points. Hey, bro, bro, I know you knew what you're doing. Just slow down on that a bit because he's playing good hockey. The kid's moving the puck around. So we, we got four points. I want you to have more points than misconducts. That's okay. all I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. Any views on your Toronto Maple Leafs before we go? Uh, I said what I need to say, I think. Okay, that's good. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm becoming more of a Nylander fan. I want them to do like the NBA, where they always show the players coming in, or in the NFL, they always show the players coming in. They what? do. Not as much. Like those well, because they're all dressed the same. Well, uh, not Nylander. Okay, fair enough. Nylander fair looks enough. like a... Did you see the jacket he was wearing the other day? Clint no. Eastwood could have put it over that holder and hit his shotgun underneath the side. You know, I wonder if he pulled it out if he had a sod off in that thing. Hair flying all over the place. You know what I mean? I, and then go on the ice and back it up. Sure. That's a good thing. And another thing I want to shout out to, to the Toronto media, whoever you want to talk about this, John Tavares is playing great hockey. He's one of the greatest contracts you have ever signed in the history of your organization. Do not say nothing about Johnny T anymore. He's a great hockey player. He's been one of your best players this year. Amen. I agree to that. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll take it from one that's beginning of the season to one that's in their final four. Major League Baseball. We're in the ALCS, NLCS. Some great ball all around. Uh, Houston and Texas. This has been a fascinating series. The away team winning all five games so far. Houston blowing the first two, but coming back, uh, winning all three games in Texas. With the three two series lead, a chance to close it out at home tomorrow night and Monday. I'm just gonna say this. I've been a huge baseball fan all my life. I don't always like the rule changes. I bitch about analytics. Um, I think they yanked the starters too much, and I will say that in the Philly Arizona game because what are they gonna do tonight? Oh, game three. My dad had a funny comment where uh, what was the pitcher? Let me quickly find the name here. We're in Arizona. Yes. Was it Kelly? Was it Kelly? No. Uh, fat? No. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, when they name. took him out of the game where he was rolling, my dad was like, oh, well, they're 
taking notes from Toronto here. Oh, but last night, that's what I say gets the games weird because neither starter went with three innings last night in that game. Like one guy no. was gone in the second, one guy was gone in the third. Then you got your bullpen out. What's going to be tonight? They're going to score 12 runs because the pitcher's arms are falling off. The reason they got there is let's look at this. Um, Philadelphia is coming out the door with Nola and Wheeler. Yeah. Okay. Um, Texas is coming out the door with Montgomery and Evaldi. Um, who, um, Arizona's coming out with Galen and Kelly. Um, who am I? Yeah, missing? Wheeler versus uh, Gallon tonight. For oh, the, uh, what game a five. what what a start! Now they they should be running them because I heard Dusty Baker said, like I'm going to tell you this, I love Justin Verlander. He pitched six last night and gave up that home run. I I felt for the guy, but he kept you in there for six innings. He pitched very good, and everyone says, oh, he shouldn't take him out sooner. He was only throwing 73 pitches at that point in time. This is yeah. Verlander. He had given up a lot of runs, though. Four earned runs in 5.2 innings. That's a lot. But he only gave up the three-run shot. That's what it was. That's what killed him up until <laughs> Two then. Two home runs, though. I'll take a solo home run every day of the week. If that's all you're going to get off my starting pitcher, I'll give you one. No, I would have been Captain Hook in that situation as well. Well, it was a six-inning. He, he had the lead. You got to go the extra inning because you're thinking about your bullpen. You're going to the World Series. You got to go where to go because now that we're talking about this, the only thing coming into the uh, playoffs that was suspects for Philadelphia was their bullpen. And ooh, <laughs> we, we seen it last in the Kimbrel. What's with that elbow in the air shit you've been doing for a year? Does that keep you unbalanced? Oh, there's so something I saw funny uh, recently online where like this was in the last round and someone just commented like, "Can we finally admit that this looks fucking stupid now?" Oh, okay. It looked stupid when he was with Atlanta. Yeah, Come exactly. on. It was, it's, it's been a long time there. I but no one to admit it. <laughs> but I just want to talk about a few things in the in the playoffs that have really got my attention. First of all, and I've screamed about this all year, and it's one of the things I hate about the Blue Jays, is I said you got to have defense up the middle. you got to have a second baseman and a shortstop that play together all the time. Do you see Trey Turner and the Stott guy playing? Do you see Simeon playing with that yeah. Seager that, and the other kid, Jung, at third base? Like, um... The, the, it's unbelievable. Uh, Altuve with the kid peanut shortstop. You see some of the plays these guys are making. Heads up. And, like, uh, did you see the play last night where um, Altuve, I don't even know how he got to the ball, turned around and fired it blindly to second base. Peanut sitting there waiting. That's chemistry, people. Yep. And how many times, that, uh, a couple times with the um, Arizona turn double plays, guys going into the hole, Bo Bichette, remember when you're shortstop, you got to have that big arm from the hole? These guys, you see Seager throwing from the hole? Oh, yeah. Cannons, guys. It should be every team in the league. These should be just lessons, and I hate to beat on a dead horse, but my thing all season was your starters better be solid, and you better be tight up the middle. Now, let's see how many great catches have we seen in the outfield in this series. Unbelievable defense at critical times in the game. High drama, and that's what baseball is all about. You know yeah. what I mean? And, I mean, uh, moving to the National League, I mean, this one's been the opposite where the home team has won every game here and just some fantastic baseball. Arizona winning two one-run games to tie up this series. We knew they weren't. We knew they weren't. Yeah, exactly. We knew they weren't going to be uh, a team to just be rolled over and – and die in this 22 year old kid who is in AAA in July sent him back down. The Thomas kid comes up and rips one in the ninth to win the game. Unbelievable. After our guy Marino 
Yep. Hits the huge hit to get the game. You know, I, I, the kid tied it, and Marino hit the winning RBI, right? Uh, and um, Guriel had a big double, too. Oh, huge. And you know what, though? There's an interesting thing about, if you like, I wanted to bring up a little bit about the umpiring. I think it's been a little bit steady, but then in a weird part of the game, they changed the strike zone. Guriel got called yes, out on a third. Yes. That was weird. But then for the rest of the game, he called out. Um, oh, someone else got, the, the guy with the beard on Philly, he got screwed he by. He got it, the by, yeah, because yeah. I thought, and you know what I thought then? Is this to get even play? Because they okay, like I you know, not. in the first I, I two hate innings, that so much, oh, but. it drives me crazy. But you notice, like, okay, uh, the umpire that strike is down and away or inside and tight. He starts calling it in the first inning. Great, call it the whole game. But you notice that too, eh? Against a Phil, and I think it was weird to me because when he called Guriel out, and that was very sketchy. Yeah. And the very next inning, uh, the guy with the hair, I forget his name, the fielder, the guy, guy that looks like he's D- Duck the guy, Dynasty. The guy that I was saying with the beard too, right? Yeah, the Duck Dynasty guy. <laughs> Duck Dynasty guy. This guy, that was a bad strike three. And you know what another thing is, is they said he, they, he, he was explained to the guy, if you're calling this pitch or you're calling that pitch great, you can't call this. Marsh, guy. that's his name. Brandon Marsh. Okay, yeah. All right, but in any event, you know what I'm saying? You can't, ch- and they're changing the, like, I think the umpire's been relatively steady. I mean, I hope so. It's the play. It's the final four. Like you should have the best of the best of the best, right? Agreed. But what are we just saying? We've seen two at bats at crucial times at the games where the umpire strike zone changed in that bat. That's what drives me crazy. Yeah. Because I'm starting to say, oh, you called it against Guriel. Well, I better call it against Duck Dynasty. Ah, come on. Should you should have been knowing that that wasn't a strike before the one against Guriel was away. Yeah. It was not a strike. But then what happened the next time Guriel came up? Great hitter. Went right, right after that pick where he said, I'm going after this one because I'm not trusting the umpire, which is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I got I can't say enough about the young players in this series. Like Oh, who, rookies in some key spots here. Oh, in, like, in let, let, like okay, who have I got down here on my list? Let's just think of this. The Thomas guy, Corbin Carroll, mm-hmm. Marino. The young guy on uh, Texas, Pena playing shortstop for Astros. These guys are well under 25 years old. And oh, Thomas all, was huge. You know last what I'm night. saying? But these guys are all under 25 years old. Because the question was, and it's going to be an age old question, and Baltimore proved it. You don't have the experience, sometimes you're going to lose. What experience did Arizona have? I mean, they got some veteran guys, but I Even, mean... I, I think Longoria, Longoria is huge in that. And uh, who's the pitcher? The old school pitcher that they have. I think those guys are huge in the dressing room. Like, there's those little things in the clubhouse that are very valuable. And I'm, I'm believing that those guys do it. And Longoria, by the way, is playing great defense at third base, Fantastic. too. Fantastic. You know what I mean? So you can't deny the fact, like, he does. he's not always getting the hits. And he's yeah, had the a bat's couple not of, there like he used to be, but... But he went to the wall a couple of times. He just missed twice. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. You play nine innings, you play both sides of the ball. His defense has been unbelievable. What do you think of the quality of the games, though? Oh, my God, it's fantastic. High drama. Oh, um, I'm High so, skill, everything you want in a baseball game. Offense, defense, oh, it, whole it, nine yards. The whole thing that I'm dreaming of. And you know what I'm thinking tonight? I think that the uh, I'm, I'm of the belief that maybe this Philadelphia series might go seven so that the Philly fans can lose their shit in game seven when they win. Who do you think wins tonight? We got Wheeler versus Gallon. Oh, Gallon had a rough outing last time. I don't He's see been him. At, he hasn't looked good all playoffs, really. He had one good game early, but I'm saying I, I don't know, but um, Wheeler is a beast. He's been one of the. Well, who are the best starters you think in this world in this playoff so far? Wheeler's, Wheeler's been one, right one up, up there. there. Montgomery's right sure. up there. Um, who surprised me? Who's pitching tonight or tomorrow night is uh, Valdez for uh, Houston. 
Is he hasn't been good. I think he's due for one. Though. Oh, I think he's due because I thought he's their best starter. I think he's. Uh, if you look, I was looking at his stats though because I was curious about this. His first half of the season was very, very strong. Second half of the season, eh. yeah, exactly. That's what I. It's funny. I looked those numbers. He up still too. had like he saw like that no hitter in the second half of the season, but I, I mean, there was a lot of games where you know it was like allowing four, allowing five. But allowing he had that six. great start at the end. That put Houston in the driver's seat. Sure. He had the one good start, but I'm saying... It's been a little Jekyll and Hyde, though, is my point. Very, very good. So I'm thinking tonight that I hope we get Dr. Jekyll because the guy's got stuff. Well, that, that's tomorrow, you I mean. I mean, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But So I don't know. I still say Houston. I'm still looking for a Houston-Philly World Series. I'm not back down. I. The, you know what I mean? I'm still going to go there. But I just want to thank everybody that's playing in these games for thanking me to entertain them. I am so bad I don't even watch the games live. I wait till they start for an hour, run into my man cave, turn off my phone, and then I PVR them so I can rewind every play 16 times. I'm so so bad I'm by myself and because you want to see when I love when a guy tracks down a ball or a great defensive play is or a great throw is made like did you see when they were trying to throw the guy out to Marino Marino's one of the best defensive catchers ever oh yeah and the guy threw it to him and you see Marino still had the sense to keep his foot in the bag but it was a bad throw yeah you know what I mean and and that could have cost him the game sure you sure. know at that particular point in time Big, big shout-out to the Major League Baseball for making it the game that we all love, and we're not talking about silly things like silly things I don't want to mention. Speaking of silly things, the NBA is about to start this week. Oh, yes. First thing I can say about the NBA, and we've talked about this, can I just say a big F you to Vegas for the over-under on the Toronto Raptors win? I was shocked when you told me about that because I thought it, like, it would be like, at least like low 40s. 36 5. I'll take the over on that. I'm taking it all day. I got a buddy that's going to put a bet in, but you know, it's not that much money. You want to, if you bet a hun, you're still only going to win like 140. Yeah. Or yeah. something like that. But I want to bet just on a matter of principle because what's going to happen if we just want to bring up the, uh, the, uh, Raptors for a minute. It's all going to, and I hate to say this, it's all going to be centered around the attitude of Pascal Siakam, whether you like it or not. Yes, uh, he's in a contract year right now, so that's going to be the big thing, how he reacts, how the other team, other members of his team reacts to uh, that whole situation. You just hope that it doesn't get ugly. I don't or, think... Or it's it, a case where, where he's playing for himself, like you were talking about with the Winnipeg Jets entering this season, right? Yes, but I think it's going to be a little different because his coaches open up the offense a bit. And let's talk about this. They can open the offense up, I believe, without leaving... Um, without uh, losing much on defense because now they got Podal back with the original driving back, and he's going to be a great thing. Um, mm -hmm. Otto Porter is looking healthy. So they, they they got a bang there. But then they've got that, that core of guys, Anobi, Burns... Pasquale, uh, Gary Trent. Uh, let's get him out of town. Um, Boucher. Boucher and Precious. Precious. They all play defense. The well, Gary Trent, maybe not so much. That's but. why you said get him out of here. I didn't bring him up. Notice I was talking defense. I did not mention him. What I'm not understanding sometimes is this. We don't have a guy playing yet. I see this great and dick guy get more freaking. He's not ready for prime time, by the way. Well, uh, on the commercials now, it's starting to be more OG. -centric. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. They got it away. Someone must have said something because he's disappeared. Like, he was everywhere, and now all of a sudden he's it was. Well, that was just, like, one commercial that Grady Dick was a part of. I think that was just, like, something, like, they shot it when he was in town. I think that was just an availability thing. Really? The one, yeah. What, Pascal's been here all summer, I heard. 
Wasn't he available? Yeah, but he's a bitch. <laughs> he, he's not the most popular man in town right now. I don't and know if you know that. he could have been. He could have been. He, damn right he, he could have been, but he fucking blew bed. it. Yes, he made the his bubble, own. The bubble ruined everything. Oh, uh, You know what, though? There's always a reclamation project in every sports that where you can reclaim your identity if you go on the court, work hard, and play as a great team player. Siakam is a 20-point-a-night guy easily. If he plays well, he plays great defense, and he respects the fact that Anobi's beside him, and Anobi might be better. <laughs> Anobi's a beast, man. He really is. I love Ananobi. I think I'm going to get an Ananobi shirt. And you know what it's looking like on the floor now when it's going on? There's great chemistry between Anobi and Barnes. So if Siakam plays his role, Poto protects protects the rim with Achiva and Boucher coming off the bench. All we need is this dick kid to come in for 10 minutes and shoot those threes when we need him because that kid can shoot. Oh, hell yeah, he can. Did you see last night? He was not much. He buried three like nothing. Raptors with the perfect preseason, not that that matters. Oh, I know, but it's good for psychologically. You know what I mean? And they get the rotation down. But what we should be talking about is this drama called uh, As the World Turns. Should we call it As the NBA Turns? Where do you want to start, bro? Uh, James Harden. So in case you don't know, the rumor is that, well, I mean, the the fact of it is that he's not in training camp. The rumor is he's back in Houston. At strip clubs. (laughs) You said it, not me. Watching the the Urban Ballet. Urban Ballet. I meant that we want to do that as the same as we say canine fornication and all those other things that keep us away from vulgarities. This guy's ridiculous now. Okay. First of all, did you realize that this summer from three different major sources, including Mr. Stephen A. Smith, have said Harden talked himself out of a contract. Oh, I've heard that before. Okay, yeah. so they all got in the room. They were ready to bring out the contract. He was going to sign on the line, and he just went into, I'm James Harden, and they pulled the contract. Well, let's wait on this. <laughs> but, I mean, you're close to, what is it, $150 million. You're in the room. The people have come in the room expecting your signature on this contract. Okay, think about uh. that. Harden doesn't know this. But he's going in with his agent to do it and they go, oh shit. My worst nightmare. Not on, it's okay, it's okay, it's not okay. on the equipment. Um, in any event, um, yeah, he came into the room expecting to sign a contract. What happened? Well, there is they no contract. pulled it off the table, bro. I'm okay. Cruz just uh, spilt everything all over him, getting excited about things. No, we're good. We're good. It's only on me. Okay. Okay, so we won't worry about that. Do I get that cleaned up? No, we got the show to go, man. You got to suck it up if you've been stupid. Okay. You know what I mean? Hi, Siva, come back. (laughs) Uh, James Harden, I used to like him a lot when he played in Houston. That's probably because I didn't hear from him much back then. I liked him when he was OKC with the trio. Yes. I really thought he was good then. But that's when his first sign that he was a bitch because he couldn't play with those guys. That's championship that they let go. So imagine if that Westbrook, uh, Durant, and Harden had played together for four years. And Ibaka. And Ibaka. And one other guy. Oh, they had Kendrick Perkins keeping house. Uh, well, yeah, he was a little older then, but still. But he was a yeah. guy that was keeping the house on. But he said those egos. He said it many times. He just couldn't keep those egos in the same room. Oh, speaking of Kendrick Perkins, I saw a funny thing where I guess there was like a little bit of uh, a reunion between the 08 Celtics. Oh, yeah? Oh, shit. Yeah, watch out for that. Yes. Uh, don't put it down there. Uh, It's like I've never seen one team milk one championship more than the 08 Celtics. (laughs) And they should have had two. 
Oh, Kobe stole the exactly. The, that was 2010. We know that. I couldn't. Care. I thought Fuck that game. I thought the game was over. But, I did too, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I screw. And that, I think that's Kobe's crowning achievement. I think that's oh, the, that's that probably made, the only reason why he's in the goat conversation. That game, that, game, that series yeah. put him in the next level, no doubt about it. But that that's one of the interesting things I've uh, I've heard is like this Harden thing. It's too bad that one of the biggest stories in the NBA is such a negative. Yeah, and this is a guy like I mean what. Five ten years ago, he was like what top four, top three player even in the league. MVP, MVP, not yeah. only MVP, um, perennial All Star, name it. Yeah, max contract. Had two chances to play with super players. You did blow it with Chris Paul, though. In that, when you guys used that always felt like it wasn't going to work anyways. But but they made they 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 were winning. They, they were they were almost there. Almost there. Almost doesn't make it. So all I'm saying is this. Harden is everything that epitomizes good, bad, and ugly about the NBA. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I think what we really should be talking about for a minute is the new crop of rookies. rookies. That, oh, coming into the year. There is... I would, oh, Victor Wambanyama looks like a fucking beast. I picked him up in my draft, even though I failed last year. I got first place. I got Wambanyama. Did you see that play that he made going out of bounds? Yes. Ugh. First of all, he looked like a stork going through the air. I don't know what's <laughs> going to go on there. But to have the state of mind to know where that guy is, wide open, and he sinks a three. What a play. But do you think Wimbanyan is going to be the rookie of the year? I mean, that's so hard to say. I mean, there's the guy on uh, – I'm, I'm blanking on his name. The guy in OKC is a year older, his a couple name, years Clint older. Clint Holmgren. Yeah. And you know what he should do? He should – Wimbanyan should look over at Clint Holmgren – and say how Chet did Holmgren. Chet Holmgren? Okay. Anyways, he should look over at him because you see how look. Let's be honest. Wimbledon is not much thicker than a hockey stick. No. Okay. Did you see Clint Holmgren when he got drafted last year? And he came in. And he had that injury. He was skinnier than Wimbledon last year. Do you see him now? <laughs> Obviously, he's been supersizing his meals and hitting the gym. And the boys got moved. He looked good in college, though. Sure. He did look good in college. Well, he went number two overall for a reason, right? Oh, damn right he is. And the guy, I think that, like, it's going to come down to the three, which is what the NBA is so lucky because, and we keep harping on what the NHL should learn to do, too, is, like, market these players. So they got three guys that are potentially, like, they could be running the league in five years, and we haven't even brought up Scoot Jackson. No. On Portland. On Portland. And he and a lot of people are saying that he is going to be the rookie of the year because he's more NBA ready. Yeah, I mean, I would take the field over Victor just because of how hard it is for 18, 19-year-olds to step in the NBA and be dominant, right? Well, I'm looking at it more this way, and I'm going to knock wood as I'm saying it. Because of his physicality, I expect some of the bigger brothers to bang him. So he's going to end Oh, them. especially at the center position. You got yeah. it. So I think what's going to happen is he's going to run into a couple of those stupid little nagging injuries. I hope he doesn't. But you know what? There's about 10 guys in the NBA that are close to 300 pounds. Can't wait to meet him in the paint. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> let's be honest. Why'd you got to take it there, bro? Because you know it's true. Like, let's tell me, you know what? There's an elephant in in the room let's say there's an elephant in the room that's just the way it is and i but i think he's gonna have some moves like he's oh gonna sure he's, moves. he's not gonna be some guy like putting up under 10 points a night no, no, no and no, i don't no, think no. he's gonna be pushed around i think he's gonna fight back i'm just gonna say the sheer physicality of guys like lebron's gonna move him right out of the way like when lebron sure. comes in the middle of guys sure. like that but remember when ad came into the league he was a little bit thin and ad never looks like he's gonna be going to freaking weight watchers <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I, I, my, my call oh, is that is, something nice you had to say about AD for once? 
He's looked good in the preseason. I'm Ooh. hoping he's come around. He does, and he's, he's swearing he's going to play 80 games this year, which should be interesting. But, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. Um, well, so I'm just saying this. There's a few bold predictions that I would like to bring out right now. Number one is I think that the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to make the next step. I think that my bold prediction is they're going to make the next step. We're going up. Now, are they fully com- like invested in building their offense around Anthony Edwards, though? I think they can still be a tandem, but Anthony Edwards might lead the league in scoring this year. They're going to let the leash go. Let the guy go. He's one of the most exciting well, that, players That's the, the only way that's going to happen for them to take ne- the next step because if Carl Anthony's still like, no, 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 this is my team, I think that's going to hurt them. Okay, but I think they've gotten along. They said they've done a lot of bonding in the summer. They've really talked about how to get to the ne- next level. And to get to the next level, you've got to be teammates. Oh. you got to know your position. you got to know what you want to do. But I really believe – I love as, – as, as of course, this is complete bias. I love Anthony Edwards. <laughs> that's just the way it is. You're, you're driving the Anthony Edwards and oh. John Morant bandwagons. Oh, we know that. yes, a huge. You know what? I mean, I parked their cars. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's get to this, Jason, on this one, all right? But I really think that he's going to make it. Don't even bring up Jaw because he's on my fantasy team, and I ain't going to see him till when. Not too late. You know what I mean? But I, I couldn't let him go. I just couldn't let him go. Another bold prediction I would like to see is that I think that Nick Nurse is going to take the Philadelphia 76ers farther than people expected without James Harden. Oh, I, I, I was hoping you were going to say take them into the trash can. but No, no, no. He's too good of a coach. they got pieces in Philadelphia. It's just that Nick Nurse is good with working with pieces. He's, I bet you he's coaching right now with the intention of believing that Harden's not on the team. Well, I mean, you got to coach what's in front of you. So, I mean, I guess that is the way to go for it. Well, I, I'm just saying that Nick Nurse is a damn good coach. You know what I mean? Any other hot takes? Uh, I just want to say that I'm going to bring up, and which everyone does it, you know how much I hate prognostications because they haven't played a game yet. But I think there's only five teams right now that have a chance at winning the NBA championship this year, and I'd like to enlighten the planet with who I believe they are. Okay. First of all, whether or not I like them or not, the Golden State Warriors have to be respected for who they are, and they might have an extra push for Chris Paul. So at the end of the year, I'm not saying they're winning, but if I only only can take five teams, I think I've got a shot. I'm giving, uh, we had the odds are, they're my fifth best odds of winning it. Okay. My fourth best odds is the Boston Celtics because they got a team that's been the semifinals and been to the, the finals. They got rid of Marcus Smart, which was I thought was really stupid, but they brought in um, Drew Holiday, which could be a little bit better because he's a better scorer. But, and, but there's something about Marcus Smart that's not in the box score that might be missing. So I'm saying that I'm going to say that, that's why I'm letting Boston down the thing. The third team that I'm saying, my third, uh, out of, uh, okay, say so yeah, that'd be number three would be the Phoenix Suns, because I think they've made some great moves to complement Durant and Booker, and including that nut bar called Grayson Allen, who is just another guy that doesn't show up in the box score that does too much on this court, and they bought Nergic too, and they've already had some other pieces, so I'm saying that Phoenix has got a shot at this. Of course, we got to put Denver in the mix. Because they are the defending champion. They're bringing back the same core. They're a solid team. They got the joker and let's go. However, 
Teams win a championship, and it takes them a couple, couple years to come back around because they have to reform. And I'm going to say it here. I don't give a damn what you think of the Joker. I think that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA, and he's Batman. And I never thought that Damian Lillard would be a Robin, but he's <laughs> going to be the best Robin in the history of basketball. These guys are running on the court to play together. And I think because they still have that solid foundation from the championship a couple years ago, that my number one pick to win the NBA championship this year is the Milwaukee Bucks. So you don't have Boston on your top five? No, they are number four. But you mentioned Marcus Smart. I'm saying he left town. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. And they brought in True uh, True Holiday. I got Boston on the list. Okay, okay. So I have Denver. I mean, you you should start with them first. No, you don't have any respect for the defending champions, Cruz. Come on. Nikola Jokic. How many times they repeat? We'll see you repeat this year. Okay, that's what you call. I I cut him number two. No, Jokic is the best player in the game. Let's be real. No, no. If if Andrew Tepuko is um, healthy... He plays better defense. He runs the floor. Oh, uh, but Jokic, no, Jokic can run the floor better. Come on, he can do things that no other big man can do. What? The way he like kind of plays the point guard from like the outside. Come on, listen. Giannis can't do the that. The stretch mark champion can't jump as high as a curb. So what? It's, he does everything else, so he's going to be there. So I say, I want to see him. I want to see the the, the Joker and the Greek freak, freak in the finals. I do too. That's do, what uh, would be my ultimate thing to see this year if those two would. Well, that's why Milwaukee's my number two team. Oh, okay. Yep. Good, good. Uh, for obvious reasons. I'm yep. not. You just said uh, why. Phoenix, I like them as my number three. Good. That's okay. I, I was a little bit worried about them at the beginning of the offseason, but then uh, they got the move done, got yep. some depth. Yep. I think that's fantastic. It was the, depth, the depth thing was what really made the difference, yeah. Uh, number five, Boston Celtics. Another team that looks to got, just have gotten better this offseason. Adding Drew Holiday. They got Chris Dapps. Uh, alongside uh, Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, of course. The one concern there is the Brown-Tatum chemistry. And they let Robin, Robert Williams leave town, who was their big guy in the middle, to do the dirty work. But he had some injury issues, but they put Perzingis in there. And what if he has Perzingis? He's going to be his Yeah, I, I don't know. If, well, I think Perzingis is going to be used more of a kind of like a stretch four, stretch five kind of guy. I think they can find that other center if need be. So I don't think that's a huge issue. Uh, the coach there might be a bit of a concern. I don't know if he's the The guy the to run guy. that show. Yeah, exactly. We're going to find that out this year. I'm just saying that chemistry is a big thing in basketball, and uh, I hear it everywhere. And I've seen him in college playing for Oklahoma State, and I said, this Marcus Smart guy I want on my team. I don't care if he's parking cars. I want him on my team. <laughs> I've seen him in college. He just has that moxie. And where did he go? The Memphis Grizzlies, who are my number five. Oh, yeah. interesting. I love the Matty Marcus Smart. Oh, love I, it. Okay, well, the reason I didn't And put, they have... Uh, oh, no, they, they let him go, but uh, anyways. No, my... They thing, let my our buddy here, Canadian buddy Aaron Brooks go, but... Okay, well, that's going to be my, my other uh, pick. Besides Minnesota, I think the team that has the biggest advances is going to be Houston and OKC. Because they just got players, they're going. They're going to make. Yeah, moves. they're they're rising. They're not going to. They're they're going to be the biggest surprises in the NBA. But because the experience, they're not probably going to get as far. I drafted Dylan Brooks in my fantasy basketball league on principle, <laughs> on principle. But I think that I I had you know the reason I didn't have uh, Memphis in the um, the only reason I didn't have Memphis in my top five because I'm worried about the John Morant chemistry thing coming back. Where are they going to be? That's fair. You know what I mean? But I think Marcus Smart was... I think they'll figure it out. I do. Marcus Smart was the best pickup for that. They needed that. They let Dylan Brooks go. 
They needed that Marcus Smart to keep that grid in there. And Marcus Smart doesn't have the reputation. Like Dylan Brooks got thrown out the other night, they said, for the bag shot. Do you see that? He yeah. barely touched the guy. The guy, the guy got him in there. The guy went down. He, got, he did a two and a half with a twist in a pike position. And then Marcus got, and Dylan got, Brooks got thrown out. So Dylan, if you're listening to me and I know you're in Saga, don't do anything for the referees to throw you out because they're going to do every chance they get oh, they're yeah. kicking your ass. Uh, anything else for basketball? No, we out of here because we got to talk about something more significant. And you know what that is? The NFL. So you want to get things started with, uh, I talk about super fans, which I think may have been spurred by uh, that lovely Chargers fan we saw on Monday night. And she's like a dental hygienist or something she got some crazy ass job she's just a flat out crazy fan oh yeah what i'm saying about this is that um i think that they should promote the super fans in this way football is the biggest sport in in north america we got that down there and everything like that but part of the appeal to the nfl is these fans that are coming out and doing crazy ass shit yeah you see them dressed like look how raider nation travels Oh, yeah. Okay, let's start that. Um, The other night, did you see in the New Orleans game, did you see some of them fans that were dressed up for the games? They should be. Oh, New Orleans, that's another one. They come come crazy. Oh, it's just like that. So I'm all about the super fans. I'm going to put them down close and then put a little spark on there because they really believe in the game, something that um, Taylor Swift knows nothing about. (laughs) How's that? Why did you bring her up? We're done. That's it. I had to okay. put it on, on, on that level. And and here's another thing about super fans, and I'm so proud of this because you can see the jersey I'm wearing. Everybody knows that. The best record in the NFL, by the way. My beloved Detroit Lions. Did you see how we're traveling this year? Did you see us in Tampa Bay last week? I did. Oh, but I see, see the crowd. Did you see what we brought from the Motor City? Parked into that thing. Bent them over, stole their lunch money, and took their girlfriend home. It was great. And we're going to do it again in Baltimore this Sunday to prove that we are the front runner that people think that we're not. Okay, I love that. I love that. It has taken me how many years to scream about the Lions like this? God bless my youngest son. I hope you're looking down just so that you know that your father is just about ready to lose his caca. I mean, I love it because it's way more enthusiastic I could be about my team where we're looking at uh, Caleb, Will- Caleb Williams already. You know what the drag is? I, I'm not liking the disrespect I'm hearing about Bill Belichick in the media. There's some guys that are defending him, but you know what it is? Because he's just been a gnarly character all these years, so people are just looking for a reason to kick him. Oh, the media can't stand oh, him. And look Especially at, the local Boston media. Oh, they're just getting ruthless. Like, don't you guys remember? Like, uh, okay, let, let's figure this out now. Um. How many teams have even been to six Super Bowls? <laughs> Two? Three? Uh, nobody's been to nine. Nobody's won six. Yep. Who's the architect of this nonsense? <laughs> Stop it. I mean, I'm not. I, I was, I'm a Brady nut. Love Gronk. Everyone knows that from the Michigan days. I've had huge respect for New England from the get-go. Not only that, but a family that lives down there. But how can you talk about Bill Belichick in any other statement except for greatness? Okay, his draft record in the last few years. All right. Made some mistakes. Yeah, uh, Bill the GM has been hurting Bill the coach the last few years, right? That's what they've been saying. But uh, do you you think that Robert Kraft would come in the room and say we're going to change the hierarchy? No, I think he's trying to beg him to stay around. My worry is that, like, Bill's just kind of like, I don't like this losing thing. I'm out of here. New York Giants are calling. 
But I think they got Dable anyway, so that, that's not going anywhere. The thing is that is sometimes teams got to have a low. Okay, let's let, let look. Here's an interesting stat that I want to bring up about uh, about how teams work. Do you know? And this blew me away, which I should know it because they're in my division, and I'm not a fan. If the Green Bay Packers lose this weekend, which I think that they will, they're going to go two and four. Yeah. They have not been two and four in over twenty years. Every other wow. team in football has had a two and four start, except the Green Bay Packers. You know, even New England in their glory days one year had a two and four start. Yeah, I think after and then that they first back, Super Bowl, yeah. yeah, and then they went, they went, went back and whatever. But that's still is that just an amazing statistic? Well, I mean, they've been spoiled there with the quarterbacks they've had for the last, like, what, 30 years, right? Whatever the case may be, it's going to be up there. But the other on, on it when we're talking about the drafting and shit is, is um, Cincinnati Bengals were a perennial doormat. So they changed their organization, went to a draft mode, and said, this is how we're going to build. And look at Cincy. They're 3-3 three and three with, a, with a bye week. They're coming back. Yeah, a chance to move up. I want to thank the New England Patriots for letting some of their hierarchy come over to the Motor City and drive the Detroit Lions because you know who's in our friend of our office, right? The uh, Holmes guy who used to run the draft with Belichick okay. in New England. And the reason he left, they're now saying, is because he would never get the GM title because of okay. Belichick. So he said, I'll take another job in Detroit. Oh, by the way, since this guy has come to Detroit, look what's happening. Looking pretty good. I'm going to the Dan Campbell School of what the people think about the Detroit Lions, and it's time that you're going to come hunting for us. Well, don't worry about it. When you open your door, we'll be on the porch. <laughs> Just letting you know that because I'm ecstatic about the Detroit Lions. However, this weekend we should talk about it because we're in the six-game part, and it's usually after the, the ten games or whatever. What um, What's going on in the uh, NFL this weekend is we have some interesting games, and we're about to have some shifts in how the divisions are going to play out because we're like six, and now we're going to seven games. We're getting pretty well near the half season. So this is like um, – move time in the golf tournament it's mm -hmm. getting about like the saturday part of it like we, we're into move time like people got to make a move and there's been a lot of teams on by this week so if we go around the league there's certain divisions that are looking like it's going to be going away like for example if we don't did, the lions don't win the division now i'm freaking i'm jumping off a bridge okay let, let's go there but around let's look around the league now now we had two big upsets last week there's no undefeated teams in the nfl Nope. So maybe I, my original prognosis is what I said. There'll be no team that wins 13 games this year. Remember I said that on our... Still could be true. It still could be true, but I, I, I don't know. Is, was there a glitch in San Francisco? They were playing in bad weather. Cleveland has a great defense. Two uh, offensive guys went down, and the offense got out of sync. And Buddy should have kicked a field goal to win. Yes. However, <coughs> are we saying that the New York Jets defense... Is that legit, or has Philadelphia not quite got their shit together? Well, I mean, uh, the Jets have been uh, making a pattern of uh, embarrassing other teams' quarterbacks, as uh, Salah put it. He had to walk that back a little bit, but I mean, he, I don't think he's totally wrong. That Jets defense, I don't want to go up against that. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Kelly, I mean, Josh Allen, yep. Brock Purdy, nine picks out of those guys. That's like top five quarterbacks in the league this year. So the New York Jets have got nine picks. Can I say that again? Nine picks. From Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Brock Purdy. Your defense is legit. 
Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? And what happens if they did it? And they're 3-3. Three and three. Remember this? When Aaron Rodgers went down, they got the second game, and uh, Zach Wilson, and everything's going on. They're suddenly 3-3. Three and three. So, like I said, it's, it's the transition time. The next couple games is your transition. Where are you going? Are you for real? What do you got? You know what I mean? So, let's just say about what happens here is um, the, for example, the L.A. Chargers are playing Kansas City. Division game in Kansas City. Kansas City's winning the Super Bowl, people. I've said it before the season. I'm They're winning the Super Bowl. They're winning the Super Bowl. Just you heard it here first. But the Chargers are a pretty damn good team. If they lose against Kansas City this week, their season's over, bro. They'll be what? Two and five? Two and four? Uh, they'll be two and four. They'll be two and four because they had a bye week already, right? Because they're, they're two and three now. Uh, no. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah, they do have, have their bye week. Okay, so they'll be two and four. Uh, the only thing that's going Oh, Chargers, I never believed in them this season. I think they're in trouble. I loved them. I loved Hebert. I like Herbert. I, love I like Keenan Allen. I love Keenan <laughs> Allen, too. I like Eckler. That's yeah. hurting them. But their defense is up and down. But I'm saying as a traditional uh, thing... A lot in more the, down than up. In, in the traditional thing, for example, who does Minnesota play this week, which is an interesting game? They play San Francisco on a Monday night. Minnesota's not out of the playoff shot yet in the NFC because the NFC is a mess. So when they uh, but they're they're two and four already. They win three and four. They got a bye. They come back. Nine games is going to my prediction. There's going to be a nine win team in the playoffs. Probably. Okay. So which team is it going to be, or which teams is it going to be? Because certain teams are already going to be in there. Okay. If you go in that, Kansas City's making it for sure. Uh, Buffalo is going to be probably around for a while. I don't know who's coming out of the AFC North because if Detroit, no, when Detroit beats Baltimore, they're going to be four and three with Cincinnati coming back from the bye at three and three. And I mean, Pittsburgh and uh, Cleveland still hanging around, right? Cleveland may have the best defense in the country, but they're going to go to Indianapolis and lay an egg. It's my call. (laughs) That is my call. I do because I I don't I, like they they roughed up. Uh, I mean they'd rough up anybody. That Cleveland like the defense is. And you know what really I've noticed about this year. Remember for the last few years, offense, offense, offense. Nobody can stop anybody. Nobody can do this. Do nobody that. And when's that end up happening? Now we're seeing some of the best defense that we've been seeing in years. And how significant is it? Um, uh, Dallas is still defense isn't in order since they lost Diggs the corner. Yep. It, it hasn't been quite the same. But if you got to play defense to win in the NFL. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, anything else you want to add before we get into our predictions? Uh, I just think I had one other little um, one other little tidbit. If I believe... No, it was something about Roger Goodell, but I can't remember it now, so let's just get to our picks. All right, starting with the 1 o'clock slate of games. No London game this week. Okay, but let's hold on a second here before you go on, on, uh, further. Uh, my distinguished colleague... Mr. Moani did not put any money down on football last week. I made a mistake. So I thought I had all but two picks, right? I'd all but I, I ended up taking Indianapolis. I don't know why I thought Jackson. I checked but. it again after we talked. So you yeah. only had three losses. Yeah. So if you had a six game per line, pro line for 10 bucks, you got a couple hundred bucks, bro. Like you, you picked good last week. So let's just see if you can do even better this week. We'll see. And see if you can make some money. Yeah, maybe I'll actually uh, go to pro line. We'll see. Okay. Uh, Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. Bills favored by eight on the road. I think this is going to be a good old-fashioned stomping, and I'm taking the Bills. Unfortunately, if you've seen the Bills record 
against New England in the last three years is just insane. It's I, ridiculous. I, I, I was shocked. I knew they had won a couple games, but I didn't know. More than just a couple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, they've been killing them. Yeah, okay, so Bills, you're taking the Bills? I'm taking the Bills. Okay, that's two Buffalo Bills. Sorry, Glenn, I'll get back to the microphone. Uh, Cleveland Browns at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are the home dogs. Uh, Browns favored by three and a half on the road. I'm taking the home dog. So am I. The house that happens has got us much love for home dogs. We do. So we're taking Indy. Two Indies. Las Vegas Raiders at the Chicago Bears. Another home dog here. Raiders favored by two and a half. I like the Raiders. Okay, well, this is like this is like going to see your ex-girlfriend making out with your new boyfriend. <laughs> this game is ridiculous. You know what I mean? What, what, what is it again? What are we saying? It's Chicago and Denver, right? Yeah. You know what? That's just like saying, do I want a kick in the face or a kick in the balls? <laughs> it's so bad. And Chicago doesn't have a quarterback. No. So I'm going to go with Denver on the road. Uh, uh, Raiders. I mean the Raiders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Washington Commanders at the New York Giants. Another home dog here. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're going back there. Yeah, the Raiders don't have a starting quarterback either. No, they don't. Well, yeah, because Garoppolo, uh, he's uh, not going to play. So it's Buddy that's playing Hoyer, right? Yeah. Hoyer against uh, some guy I can't pronounce. Uh, I'm still taking the Raiders. You're still taking the Raiders? Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to take the Raiders, too. Washington Commanders favored by three at the New York Giants. I just think the Giants are pitiful. I'm taking the Commanders. You have to take the Commanders because there's no quarterback whatsoever in the Giants. So that's two. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored by two and a half. I'm taking Tampa. I think they're going to be pissed off about that Detroit loss. I never really believed in Atlanta. You know that. So I don't believe in Atlanta on the road, so i got to take Tampa. But let's get something straight here. And this is how you tell pretenders from the realists, okay? Tampa Bay had a good record. They were, like, starting to be talked about. Detroit went into their house and bitch slapped them. Oh, yeah. Just bitch slapped them. So, and, and that division may be the worst division in football. In 100% opinion. it's the worst division in football. Okay, so that's Tampa Bay at home, right? Yes, sir. Against Atlanta, we're both taking Tampa Bay. You can't. Tampa Bay is very good at home, by the way. Detroit Lions going into Baltimore. Ravens favored by three at home. You know what? Sometimes Lions got to go on the prowl and get something to eat. We eat birds well. <laughs> we're going to chew some Raven this weekend. Taking the Lions all day. The first non-conference game for the Ravens, and I will take the Lions as well. I don't want to tell you what Detroit's record is against Baltimore, but but that I think really does it. Throw matter. that out the window. That's what I'm saying there. Yep. Uh, Arizona Cardinals are going into Seattle. Seahawks favored by eight at home. I'm seeing a route here. Seattle's a good team. Even though it's a division game, um, I think it's going to be close for a while. The spread's eight, right? Yes, it is. That's what scares me because if they win like 24-17, because Arizona at times plays a modicum of defense. But it doesn't. Uh, they've allowed a lot of points this year. Oh, yes, they have. But they've been pretty good on the, uh, at home, but they're on the road. Yeah. I can't see Seattle. Because Seattle's got to realize this. Okay, they got San Francisco in front of them. They got the Rams, who aren't going nowhere. And they got Dallas that's going to be hunting for a playoff spot. So they can't afford to lose to these teams like this. So I'm taking Seattle all day and to cover. Same here. Seattle to cover. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh is going into the Rams. Rams favored by three and a half. What did I just talk about? You know who I'm picking. 
Matty Stafford, I still love you, bro. It's going to be the Rams all day, and guess what? Pittsburgh's coming off a thing. The Rams' defense is underrated. They've made some good moves. They're going to crush. They're going to crush. Sorry, Mike Tomlin, you're getting your ass kicked this weekend. I'm taking the Rams, too. I think they're going to win this one by about a touchdown. Yep, easily. Uh, Green Bay Packers going into Denver. Packers favored by one and a half on the road. Um, what was I saying about that uh, <laughs> Chicago Raiders game? I forgot there was one worse. <laughs> this game is so bad. You know what I mean? And where is that again? It's in. Uh, it's in Denver. I'm taking Denver strictly on the fact that it's in Denver. No other reason. You know what I mean? Because uh, horrible game. I won't be putting that one on the screen. And you know what? It's a bad week for the buys because you never know how the buys are going to work out. So we got six teams on buy this week, which is okay. Sure. But you didn't know it ended up having this many shitty games. I'm going to take Green Bay. I do not believe in the Broncos at all. I think that team's just falling apart. Okay. Don't like Sean Payton. I think he is looking more and more like a fraud, despite Russell Wilson actually playing okay this season. Yeah, and they, they have some defense. I just think what is happening is like Sean Payton's cleaning house. Yeah, but they've they've allowed, I believe it's a league high, 200 points already this season. You know why? Because the uh, defense is making business decisions. <sighs> Can't have that, though. No, not in the NFL. Uh, LA Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs favored by five and a half at home. I'm taking Kansas City all day. I think this one could get ugly. No, I think that uh, San Diego. I was watching the game from last year. It was LA. one of the best. I mean, LA was one of the best games of the year last year. Like this could this could be some scoring. However, I, I'm saying there's going to be scoring, but I think it, it could still be by two touchdowns that Kansas City wins this. Um, but I think it's going to be one of these years where it's surprising because nobody's respecting the fact that Kansas City's probably had the best defense they've had in the last three or four years. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Their defense has really been playing good. So I'm I'm all about the Chiefs here too. Uh, finishing up Sunday, this is the nighter. We have the Miami Dolphins going into Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Philadelphia favored by three. I'm taking the Eagles here. Wow. I, yeah. Wow. Home game, Sunday night. Give me Philly. Wow. This could be the game of the week. Did they flex this one in there, or was it already on the schedule? I'm not sure. doesn't matter because this is the game of the week. This is a potential Super Bowl matchup. In a weird way. Potentially. I don't, potentially, I don't, I don't believe that, but... I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it'll come to fruition, but I do think that it has the potential to be one of the best games of the week. I'm going to say that I'm not trusting the Philadelphia offense. The, the, uh, no, you know, they. Oh, I'm sitting on the fence. I don't know who to... I hate Miami so much. Make a choice. Make uh, a choice. Make a choice. I'm going to go with the Dolphins no! to surprise everybody on the Sunday night. Why? Because they're going to throw the ball. Uh, I think that Cruz, the, I, I thought we were friends here. We were talking I, smack <laughs> about the Dolphins. I hate the Dolphins. You know, I was defending your Lions. Thank you. Thank you. No. Oh, and then he had to choose the Dolphins. I'm going to tell you why. Because something about Philadelphia is like a bit like Kansas City, but I trust them more because their defense is better. But what happened is that uh, Jalen Carter, I don't sure if he's playing, and the two guys in the back end are new and there's one rookie. So even though the Philadelphia defense has been solid, they're going up against a juggernaut tonight, and if they're not going to score enough points, which they haven't seemed to be able to do, I'm saying, what's the spread? Three. So I'm saying... That, you basically pick the winner at that that's point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think Miami's going to win late, and I hate to say that because I hate the Dolphins. Hate the Dolphins. Finally, the Monday nighter, San Francisco is going into Minnesota. Vikings 
home dogs. 49ers favored by six and a half. I'm going 49ers here. A little bit of a hiccup last week. I'm not worried. We still got to do our power rankings. Forgot about that, but. Oh, I got mine. Don't yeah. worry about it. In any event, um, I'm going to do something. God bless my son again, the, the diehard Viking fan. I'm going to take Vikings in the points on Monday night, regardless Whoa. of Kurt, Kurt Cousins' awful, awful primetime uh, prime record. record. I think that there's too many banged up guys on um, too many banged up guys on San Francisco. But you know the, I mean? the real winners this week are the Carolina Panthers because they don't get to get beat up this week. I know, and isn't there a bad situation? <laughs> don't you think we give up the number one choice? Oh shit! Yeah, because they they traded it to get Bryce Young. I want to do a big shout out to uh, Stroud in Houston. By the way, I hate Ohio State, and this guy's gone into Houston, and they still have an opportunity to win that division. But we'll talk about that more next week. Okay, let's go with the power ratings. What well, are you I, thinking? I, hold on, now you got me curious. I want to see who did Carolina trade that pick? Oh, to Chicago. Oh, so Chicago's going to have two top three picks. Exactly. So oh, what do boy. they do? They go to Fields or they take Khalid? Or that yeah. next guy of Oregon, he's going to be a pro quarterback. They'll have well, I think they're I think they're sticking to the fields. They'll probably try and get him some weapons, though, don't you think? He's been banged up again, no way. <sighs> we'll see. It's right. a long way to go. Long way to go. We got eleven games to go. So we're going to talk about our the the what do you call it? The house that happens power power rank- rankings. Okay, so I'm going to say I'm going to go from five to one. Do your thing. Number five. The Miami Dolphins. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I know you're not going to like that, but that's just what I'm saying. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Number three, San Francisco. At three. Was I stuttering? Was I stuttering? Was I stuttering? Okay. Number two. The Detroit Lions. Okay. Okay. And the number one team in my power rankings, and I would not stuttering, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I was worried there that we're going to have the same top five, but... uh, Obviously, it's not. Obviously, it's not. Uh, Number five, I have the Miami Dolphins as well. Oh, my God. After all that abuse you just gave me I had them number five last week, too. Uh, Okay, I'll give you that. I just hate them. Oh, don't we all? Uh, Number four, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting. A loss that loss last week really had me concerned, especially considering that they really haven't had a convincing win yet. That's what I'm saying. Right? What if Miami comes out and just starts chucking? Should be a great we'll game. We'll see. That we'll see. Uh, number three, I have your Detroit Lions. Oh, thank you very much. Thank Been very impressed. They moved up a spot in my power rankings. Yes. Number two, also moving up one spot in my power rankings, the Kansas City Chiefs. So you're keeping San Francisco on the top? I'm keeping San Francisco at number one. A little bit of a hiccup last week. Everything went wrong, and they barely lost that game. I'm not worried about them at all. I'm worried about their injuries, though. Because, like, who's going to play? Like, um, Debo is, is still questionable. Maybe. Yeah, which worries me because I have him on one of my fantasy okay, teams. Okay, and who else is questionable? Somebody else is? is... McCaffrey playing? I don't oh, know McCaffrey, I said he's going to come out, but they might be at limited use. So still, that- the, the fact that he's playing at all is a good sign. That's true. Because given his injury history. To tell you the truth, if Buddy had to kick the field goal, it'd still be number one in my books. 
exactly and why you know, they're number one in my book still. Okay, which which maybe I'll give you respect for that because you have to remember that that Cleveland dog pound defense is ridiculous. You know, I think I'm in my point at this time of the season, who says the best defenses? I'm going to go with Cleveland. I like the Jets. I like hmm. San Francisco's. But I'm going to tell you one of the reasons that the Detroit Lions is in the power rankings is our defense has become insane we are one of the most physical teams in the nfl and physicality wins games absolutely uh anything else you want to say no but i think that perhaps maybe considering it's this time of year and there's so much sports going on somebody has to recognize the uh sports situation in toronto and i thought perhaps maybe you could uh give us some enlightenment well a thought occurred to me uh while preparing for this show where you know, they say history repeats itself. And in the case of Toronto sports, we're right back to where we were 20 years ago when I was a kid. Oh, boo. The, the Leafs, you know, competing, you know, up there contending, not winning championships, though, which is a major concern. And then the Raptors. Yeah. And then the Raptors and Blue Jays basically right back to mediocrity. The, like, <sighs> Blue Jays, when I was a kid, the perennial third place team, where the Blue Jays finish this year, Cruz? Third. The only reason why they made it and why. Backdoor. Well, and expanded playoffs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got you. Raptors. This is exactly where they were when I was like in high school, like elementary school. Always like ninth, tenth, maybe sneak into the playoffs. But once they got into the playoffs, it was a joke. And I mean, from a wider Canadian perspective as well. Like, look at look at our hockey teams. Like Montreal. Like this is them twenty years ago as well. They weren't that good. We'll come back. Edmonton. It's like a warped kind of weird funhouse mirror version of what they were in the 80s in a way if you think about it right ah uh, you got a point calgary they they're the definition of like what they've been my whole lifetime where they'll they'll mostly make the playoffs but then they'll have like a stinker season and then once in a while they'll go on a run they might whatever just like have a fantastic season they're kind of like you know roll the dice what do you get right mm-hmm. comes with the having a kooky owner uh vancouver i'm not even going to touch them uh that hot start against edmonton but like well i'm sorry winnipeg i mean this is deja vu where they were when i was a little kid about to lose the team i don't want to go there but like there's the rings on the wall oh especially when we talked about earlier in the show you've got a pertinent point there so what are you saying is canadian sports in nowhere no man's land I'm saying that it's, I don't know, the the days of, like, Canadian dynasties and all that, like, is that over? I hope not. Is it because the uh, big giant, the elephant we live beside, God bless America, just doesn't give us a time of day anymore? Maybe. And, I mean, I was having a little bit of a thought, too, about fighting in hockey, and I'm just, I was just, I basically came to the conclusion that it's never going away. Why? Because of the Americans. Oh, Think about that Pat McAfee segment. Oh, I know. That was crazy. The why we love hockey. Oh, it was all about fighting yeah. in the vigilante justice. That was, that was the thesis right there. I'm going to tell you something. I heard Joe Bowen. How long has Joe Bowen been now? 40th anniversary? Oh, yeah. He actually said you cannot take fighting out of hockey. He was telling about the greatest moments of fighting in hockey. Like parents yelling at Wendell Clark for beating up their son. Uh, the best brawls at the Chicago Stadium. Like, he was on there, whatever show was, he was on, and they were talking about it. I'm not saying I want hockey fighting either. But I'm saying is that if there's a dynamic to open up the market to America because the ratings are going through the roof, I want it to go through the roof on the quality of the competition, yeah. which is we 
adamant about here at the house that happens. However, I'm also into frontier justice, but I don't want to talk yeah. about that right now. I want to get back to your point being is, are we in no man's land? Yeah, and I mean, it's like, it's whatever. We all know where the money comes from. Like, Stephen Brunt once had a great line where he said, if there wasn't that border there, the teams would just be magnetically drawn to the states, right? Oh, that's a, that's a point well taken. And, it, you know, I feel bad for some of the markets, especially like a Winnipeg town there. because it is. Oh, that's it, just the worst. It, it, it's coming out. But I'm just going to say this. You hope that the, the ownership group is willing to, you know, eat some losses for the next few years just to keep that team there i don't think it'll be a couple years i think that's going to wait too long look at how seattle got a team in expansion okc is screaming for an arena where else I've heard is kansas it? city kansas too. city there's all like city's the big oh, one. Oh, i think they have an owner that is hungry for hockey because it's he a is ski ex- town and they've already invested the the, the arena of, yeah exactly to to facilitate hockey yeah. it's happening yeah uh, it's happening well, seattle uh, salt lake city's getting an nhl team whether you like it or not the league's going to expand to 36 teams. We know this. The NHL views it as, well, MLB and NBA have 29 American teams. Why can't us? I think that's them getting a little greedy. That's yeah. besides the point. But we might see teams folding in our lifetime, I unfortunately. Agree. Um, but, I mean, that's the way of the landscape now. I mean, the Canadian teams, what? Like, uh, you look at the NHL, like we've had ever since 93, ever since Montreal won, we've seen some Canadian teams make some nice runs, but that's it. That's it. I know. Calgary, Edmonton took it to game seven. That's the closest Vancouver. we've got. Vancouver, Vancouver as well. Got a Thank game you. Seven, but we didn't we didn't get over the hump. Well, here at the house it happens. Like we are very proud to be Canadian and we wear yeah. we wear leaves on our sleeves. You cut us open and you're gonna find that's gonna be there. I just find I just hope that there's ways for like it's Calgary, they had an interesting uh question. I, I talked about this before, I think, that to the new GMs, where they were asking them what why haven't Canadian teams won the Stanley Cup? in the last whatever 30 years right mm-hmm. that's the question we should we should be asking ourselves why haven't we been successful how can we change that and how can we sustain future success i think that's the way to go i think that's a show in the making <laughs> I, I agree we'll think about that in the very near future because uh uh, we We've can, gone on really long today. That's okay. <laughs> it's Glenn, quality content, though. Thank you very much, Glenn. You're going to listen to the end only because we knew what we were talking about, and I only spilt one beer. But we do have to get out of here. I yes, want- like, comment, subscribe, send us anything. We'll answer all your questions, even hate mail. Uh, I just want a big... <laughs> big shout out here the main reason that this show is driven is because we've got an amazing producer and director and that's my colleague across the table from me mr milani you keep it this rocking buddy you really have and on that note we usually like to say this is the house that happens i'm andrew milani and this is Cruz. and you know what we do we keep keep the the vibe vibe alive You can find The House That Happens on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, Boomplay, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The House That Happens, and follow us on Twitter at House Happens. You can also shoot us an email at thehousethathappens at gmail.com.